Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free to bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various different features we have there for you. They're all totally free. Unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for their sites, we give ours away, freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. And don't forget, uh, you can dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. Mark, you were telling me a little, I guess a little bit about some of the, uh, the, the items that you have to discuss here tonight, and one of them sounded particularly outrageous. Uh, a cheerleader has been banned from the cheer squad because she refused to cheer for a man who raped her. That's my understanding of the case. I've read through this one time. uh, You know, they they withhold a lot of information. There's you're always wondering when you read these stories, what am I not getting? But let me read it to you. It's it's from uh, rawstory.com. We get a lot of our show prep from rawstory.com. It's a great website. A former cheerleader did not have the right to refuse to cheer for a man that she claims sexually assaulted her. An appeals court rule has ruled. The girl, identified only as HS in a court documents, claimed that when she was 16, she was sexually assaulted at a post-game party by two students at Silsby High School in Beaumont, Texas. Um, then they give the two guys names. Do you want those? Don't care. Okay. The girl said she was assaulted after the two men forced her into a room, locked the door, and held her down. A court declined to indict the men for sexual assault. In September, Bolton pleaded guilty to, um, that's one of the uh, the fellows here, um, to the lesser charge of Class A assault. He was sentenced to one year in jail, but that sentence was suspended, and he will remain free with two years of probation for an assault. He was also required to pay a $2,500 fine. I wonder who the, to whom the fine went. Not her. Likely. Fines don't go to uh, the victims. Restitution goes to victims. Yes. Yeah. Uh, complete a community service program and an anger management course. Bolton returned to school and the basketball team for a short time before he ultimately p- pled guilty. During that time, school officials ordered HS to cheer for Bolton when the other cheerleaders cheered or go home. Said That's the outrageous. Fr- it, it seems outrageous to me. Now, this is the time between before he pleads guilty, but, uh, you know, he's already back. And she's like, I'm not doing it. Right. As though whether or not the court's decision uh, matters to her as to uh, whether she believes she was right. raped by him. This right? guy didn't really rape you until we said he really raped you. Right. And so until the court says he really raped you, then you have to keep cheering for, for him. Is that right? I guess that's what it is. Wow. So this is according to the First Amendment Center. While HS performed all the other routines, she refused to cheer for Bolton. Cheering coach uh, Sissy McInnes then dismissed her from the squad. HS's parents sued the school, claiming her First Amendment rights had been violated, but her claim was denied by a three-judge panel that decided, in her capacity as a cheerleader, HS served as a mouthpiece through which the school district could disseminate speech, namely support for its athletic teams. I'd, so as a cheerleader, she is a mouthpiece for the school, not an individual just who can so, make choices. Just so you know, cheerleaders, I don't think it was possible for cheering to look any less appealing to me, but thank you, Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, for proving me wrong. Who is saying this? The article? That's, uh, that's Salon's uh, Tracy uh, gotcha. Clark-Flory. Well, I, um, on one hand, 
at first when you you mentioned this, I was wondering if maybe she was a professional cheerleader and she was being paid to cheer or and that's interesting. in that's college an interesting point. and she was dependent upon cheering in order to maintain a scholarship, in mm-hmm. which case there would even be a different, you know, thing yeah, to consider. Dynamic. But the fact that she's in high school and they've pled guilty and her parents have charge, to pay for the school. Yes. And yeah. that she isn't protected um, in her body yeah. is, is a. You know, I, I'm speechless. Yeah, it's it, it, this is stunning. I, I I wonder how I would feel if it was a uh, cheerleader for a, a national team. You know, I can totally understand why a cheerleader wouldn't want to cheer for a player uh, on a national team. I don't think you'd really notice. Cheerleaders don't really work that way for national teams. I don't see them go, go Robbie, go Robbie. Hmm. You know, you don't really see that so much. They just kind of dance with uh, yeah, on the sidelines and get people's attention. But, um, you know, I, at that point, you're paid it, it, to some extent. Cheerleaders aren't paid nearly what the athletes are paid to cheer for the, the team. Yeah, and the if you don't want to cheer for the team, then I guess you, you don't want your job anymore. Right. right. You know, I mean, it's a terrible situation. And if our justice system was a little speedier, then you wouldn't have people out, say, playing football until they, uh, you know, were locked up a year and a half later for a crime they might have committed. You know what I mean? Well, speaking of the, uh, the the slow justice system here, how old is this girl now? She was 16 when this uh, when this took place. I don't have that information, but it's as I understand it, this this one went through went through pretty quickly. Is that right? Yeah, it's it's looking that way. And huh. really, all that's at uh, issue here is the time from which it the it occurred to the time that the uh, young man pled guilty. So those that's the only time frame there. Um, and she wanted her, obviously, I would imagine she wanted her job, her uh, privilege, her her cheering position back afterwards. And I think that the school probably wasn't giving it to her because she didn't follow the cheering rules. I would love to see her her other lady cheer people squad, yeah. uh, you know, ostracize him and shun and and um, this give them the give that those two guys the the uh, full weight of what it means to well, yeah, if to the whole squad walked be, out, then right. that would really that would have changed something. everything. Yeah. And this and this does sort of uh, you know it does go to show a how much girls want to be on the cheerleading squad because you know none of them thought of doing that. I mm-hmm. guess um, b the power of a, a, a you know a union and organized strike because if the girls said no, nah, we're not cheering this one game, that would have changed old sissy's uh, point of view pretty darn Real quick. Fast. Yeah, that's Sissy McKinnis here, the gal who kicked her off. You know, and I... <sighs> Sissy. <laughs> what a name. You know, this is... She's the one I have the biggest problem with. Of all these people. The, the, the Young men are going to rape young women, and I don't think it's okay or anything like that, but it's going to happen all over. When people in power say, well, look, you got to get out there and cheer for that boy. And legitimize and they legitimize what it, they're yeah. doing. Mm-hmm. This is what uh, the, the sickest part of all this. Um, you know, I'm not saying the young man did, uh, you know, did something that was fine by no means. I just think that the, the, the person in power saying that you know, you're going to have to cheer for him or nothing else. You know, this. <laughs> Can you imagine the parents of this boy? What are they thinking? They knowing probably don't that think it happened. Son... Yeah, they, they probably think their son's a little angel and that he would never it's do gotta anything. It's got to be hard like to that. accept. I mean, it just—it's got to be very, very difficult for a for a parent to accept. And you know, boys will be boys, and she probably was, you know, Asking teasing them. It. And her skirt was too short. She <laughs> who, waxed that day. Who knows what it, what the uh, 
what the the idea she had a brazilian she was asking for it but i mean you know what guy would say oh yeah i did that and um you know they're if obviously they're gonna say i didn't do it mom and Mm -hmm. what's mom gonna believe it seems to me that mom's likely to believe what her son son says and so because who would want to believe their son is a rapist yeah and how do you make restitution for this? This is, you know, this is a tough thing. Well, that's one of those things that you can't ever make somebody whole on, right? It's like it's not quite as bad as murder, but uh, it's close because it can be pretty devastating and uh <laughs> There's just no you can't make somebody whole. You can't take that one back. You know, yeah. no no amount of money can uh can necessarily finish that or no but someone. it can provide good therapy and really yes. nice vacation sure. education i mean you know yeah you you think that at some point uh, yeah therapy would be um you know definitely a good thing and then at some point or another you know there's uh, there's a recovery time frame and at that point a step up in areas of education and uh and, and you know some kind of monetary support would be very helpful, but it's a, it would be an expensive restitution. That's for and sure. And of course, all of this is presuming that he did, uh, you know, did the act, right? I mean, because what he in, pleaded guilty to the result for? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was a plea bargain, yeah. and uh, who knows? I mean, it, there is always the question of, well, is she making it up? It's uh, tough. It's a and tough if it's scenario. If it's her word against his, then you've got it, that is a very difficult. Yeah, if scenario. she waited to you know report it, then. Evidence has uh, disappeared right. to some extent. That's you know that's a statistically tough women a don't go forward though Correct. to yeah, and that's bad. That's horrible. Right, yeah. but for the very reason that they are told that they're whores yeah. or liars. Well, here's a good reason why they don't. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you've missed a moment of the show, don't worry about it. We've got them all archived there for you. Right at the top of the website, you'll get the last seven days worth but that's not all you click into the archive section and then you can go all the way back to late 2006 all for free for you courtesy of HostGator. HostGator hostgator.freetalklive.com hostgator is a worldwide leader for web hosting they make it easy for you to get your own dot com domain name with you can create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates they have thousands of templates whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website they host wordpress as i understand it Use coupon. Uh, you don't have to use a coupon code because we've created the uh, this this portal for you. Hostgator.freetalklive.com. You'll get your first month completely free if you go through there. Hostgator.freetalklive.com. All right, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So, uh, have you guys heard about bubbles, Officer Bubbles? Yes, you did. And Michelle, have you heard about Officer Bubbles? I haven't heard of Officer Bubbles. Well, Officer Bubbles is apparently a uh, police officer in Canada. 
And frequently the Canadian cops kind of just they have a better image than the the cops in the United States and a lot of the cops in the United States. Yeah, their border patrol agents aren't aren't great. Officer Bubbles is seeking to change that. Uh, he was one of the cops who was at the G20 uh, protests, or he was one of the huge security forces that they had uh, lined up there to deal with the various different people doing whatever protests. Various they were different doing. things. Yeah, at, uh, at G20, which is of course this government, uh, the big gathering of government people from around the world. Where they talk about how they want to control people, I guess. And a young lady was nearby Officer Bubbles, and he did not have this name at the time. <laughs> yes, he became Officer Bubbles through his actions. Yeah, apparently his name is uh, Adam Josephs. And he became Officer Bubbles because this young lady was blowing bubbles nearby Officer Bubbles. She had a little, you know, little wand and a, she's dipping it like in her... Like soap. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Like, like you give a kid with right. the, the bubble mixture and you, you blow through it and it makes bubbles. And it's fun. Bubbles are fun. Well, Officer Bubbles did not find this very fun at all, in <laughs> fact. And he was very, very upset. In fact, he threatened this woman. And there's video footage of all of this. Uh, she's blowing bubbles, and she's in close proximity uh, to the police, no doubt about it. Um, and he just, well, threatened her um, over the, you know, if you if one of those bubbles touches me, I'm going to arrest you for assault on a police officer. Wow. Bubbles. Yeah. yeah. Assault. So, but his story doesn't end there. Uh, TechDirt.com has uh, dug this up. Back at the G20 Meetings, there were numerous stories of police overreacting and arresting protesters with little reason whatsoever. Perhaps the most noteworthy story that got attention was the story of Officer Bubbles, uh, named Adam Josephs, who threatened to arrest a woman for assault if the bubble she was blowing landed on him. Then they put the video in their their piece here, which is, uh, I would say, it's worth a watch. Officer Bubbles became a bit of an internet phenomenon, and others built on it, as normally happens in internet memes. Apparently, one person made a cartoon version of Officer Bubbles arresting various famous people such as president obama and santa claus because of that officer adam josephs has now filed a 1.2 million dollar defamation lawsuit against the, whom well he's not sure the press reports <laughs> were a bit unclear with some saying he was actually suing youtube and others saying he was just asking youtube to hand over the names that is the names of the people who commented on the officer bubble uh, officer bubbles video <laughs> However, Howard, uh, Howard Knopf links to what certainly appears to be the legal filing in question, and Josephs is suing YouTube and is claiming that it's responsible for publishing the videos and the comments. While Canada, for whatever reason, does not have a Section 230 safe, uh, type safe harbor protecting service providers from liability of actions of their users, this still seems misguided. It's pretty ridiculous to claim that YouTube is somehow responsible for these videos or the comments. However, as you can see in the filing above, which is 30 pages long, and we won't be reading that, uh, in every oh, instance... Oh, it's written in legalese, too, I'm sure. It's awful. Joseph's Officer uh, Bubbles appears to be accusing YouTube of publishing or republishing the works, thus making it liable. One would hope that Google would fight strongly over such ridiculous claims. Yeah, I suspect it will. As you read through the lawsuit, some of the YouTube comments Josephs is suing over are pretty silly, and it's difficult to see how they're worth a lawsuit. Here's one of the comments. Quote, True, probably wears the sunglasses while looking at himself in the mirror. End quote. <laughs> now, that may be a false statement... Though, can he really say he never looked at himself in the mirror with sunglasses? But does it really qualify to the level of defamatory? Similarly, another of the comments he's suing over reads as follows. Quote, 
Officer Bubbles probably looks at himself in the mirror a lot, end quote. Again, is that really defamatory? Other uh, comments appear to be mostly opinion rather than any sort of statement of fact, like, quote, It's a shame that the police are becoming uniformed bullies. It's sad when the local people tell them to leave their community. Or it's bad, rather, when that happens. And, quote, Nice going, Officer Josephs. You're a real hero and a true testament to the sorry state of law enforcement here in Canada, and a fine example of the kind of policing people had to endure during the G20 farce. You know, and... Uh, this this is uh, makes perfectly good sense the way this guy is coming up with his lawsuit because this is how a monopoly handles it. I mean, here's a person complaining about the service that they got from the uh, the law enforcement community, and rather than you know being able to send their money to some other law enforcement community or uh, offers uh, you know employ some other security organization, these people sue them over what they've said. I think we should send them bubbles. Oh, I wonder if that's happened. <laughs> you know? That reminds me of something. There was this cop that arrested one of the activists, uh, Big Mike, out in Manchester. Right? When Big Mike brushed by him, we talked about this at the time that it happened, uh, Big Mike was trying to leave an area. They told him he could leave after he, w- he was being detained for a bit. And as he was leaving, he had to cross between two of the, the police and they didn't give him a lot of room to do that. So he kind of turned his body to the side to minimize his profile and walked through the, the small opening between right. the two cops, accidentally brushing up against one of the cops. That's when they arrested him for assault on a police officer. Yeah, and he Big was... Mike's not big. No. no, no. I mean, he's calling Big Mike. He's but... about my size. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't remember what happened with that case. I wish uh, I could recall. I don't know if they dropped the charges or, or what ended up being the... Maybe it hasn't even gone to trial yet. I don't remember. Um, maybe if somebody does remember, they can refresh me on this. But the relevant point is that uh, some of the activists were sending that guy pink panties afterwards. <laughs> yeah. And, Little girl's panties. You know, they figured out. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Right, they figured out who the cop funny, was. Funny, funny they, stuff. They were doing that. But the point uh, really Can you imagine make, how outraged this dude is when oh, he I gets know. a pack of Well, I went to the tea party this weekend, and I met somebody who knows this cop. So, like, one of the people that was out there was is friends with that very same cop, and he was telling me that, that he and his buddies are constantly razzing him for this, like, constantly <laughs> razzing him for what he did right. uh, to Big Mike. And he acknowledged that. He actually mentioned to me that he had uh, he was telling his friends that he was receiving the panties and things like that. Oh, so, that's good stuff. so apparently he took it in stride. The guy took it, you know, pretty decently. He he didn't get upset about it. Really, and, he was uh, acting like a flaming jerk um, that in, day. In, in that video. Yeah. And yeah. you know, <laughs> that's some strong pressure that he's receiving. He might he might not act like a flaming jerk in the. I in just the thought future. it was interesting. Yeah, that his friends <laughs> gave him a hard time over it. So uh, that's that's a good that's good news, right? Eight hundred two five. Maybe a little more about Officer Bubbles here in a little bit and your calls about what you want. 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various different features that we have there for you for free. So head over there and you'll find stuff like our news updates. You can get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live 
Go to news.freetalklive.com. You can follow us via the emailed updates, or you can do Twitter or Facebook or all of the above. Go to news.freetalklive.com. New advertiser. Are you on any medications? Are you getting your meds at a local pharmacy? If you are, you're likely paying more than you have to. There is a better way. Discount Prescription Services will get you your meds at discounts as high as 70%, and they'll deliver them right to your door. All you have to do is go to meds.freetalklive.com, click Become a Member, on the left side of the page, their customer service is excellent. They will walk you through every step, and you will save big time. It's meds.freetalklive.com. I have checked out this company. I've gone through the process. I know that there's a lot of uh, you know, foreign pharmacies out there that will rip you off. This isn't the case. Uh, they're based in the United States, and uh, I actually uh, know the owner. It's uh, meds.freetalklive.com, and so it doesn't matter whether you've got a prescription for Boniva, Amplify, Lipitor, Cialis, Viagra, whatever it is, Nexium, meds.freetalklive.com. All righty. So uh, we're here. Michelle joining us tonight. Thanks for coming in. You're kind of our Thank new you. Monday night co-host, by Yay. the way. For Lucky our me. That uh, did not had not become aware of that. Gardner Goldsmith used to come in, and he's just he's just such a busy guy. Uh, he hasn't been in for a couple months, and so I told Gard, you know, hey man, sorry, we've got a pretty lady that wants to come in here every uh, every week, so uh, you're out. He's very generous. I'm sure he, you know. But Gard knows if he's got an open invitation, if he yeah. wants to come out here and sit in, we'll uh, squeeze him in one night. We will find a way to uh, to make that happen because uh, he's still a friend of the show, and we still uh, love him. And you can go and visit Gardner over at Liberty Conspiracy. Dot com. It's just that he's got to drive an hour and a half, and you don't have to drive, what, a half an hour? You're, Even you just less closer. now. You're I'm closer, closer. To We don't have to say where I'm living, right, of course but not. closer. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's great news, too. So uh, 800-259-9231. The story is about Officer Bubbles, and I'm sure you can find this video if you just go to YouTube and search for Officer Bubbles. Although at this point, I imagine that's also going to come up with a number of uh, parodies and videos that to make fun of Officer Bubbles, because apparently Officer Bubbles has become an internet meme. He has become this, you know, <laughs> this fun little concept that floats around and uh, that people pick up and uh, and they enjoy. And he doesn't like that very much. He is, in fact, suing for one point two million dollars, uh, suing YouTube, trying to get YouTube to reveal the identities of the people who are anonymously commenting on his video or on the video of Officer Bubbles. Or use that moniker at all, is what I just read, actually. Oh, you've been reading through the... Uh... I read a different one, but yes, he said any cartoon or moniker uh, referencing Bubbles, he <laughs> would like to sue them. <laughs> now, Mark, you, meant, you made a point about the government being a monopoly and that they don't have to care about customer service, and, and that's all true. But even with the government uh, police monopoly, at least here in the uh, so-called United States, there have been... There have been lawsuits regarding the police and their behavior, say, when somebody comes by and flips them the bird. And those court decisions have typically ruled that the police just have to take it. They just have to grin and bear it. You know, they they, they are not allowed to, supposedly, they're not allowed to arrest somebody for saying something to them that they don't like. Now, that won't stop them from doing so or won't stop them from making up some sort of disorderly conduct charge and, and hitting you with that. But in theory, at least, the police are supposed to be able to handle people being verbally abusive towards them. Yeah, that's the idea of a professional police officer. Right, right. You you keep your cool, professional police officer. You do your job, and don't you worry about what somebody might say to you or the finger that they might hold up to you. And right, well, and re- regarding the video, I don't know if everyone has seen it, but since you on the break, I went ahead and took a look. Mm-hmm. This 
girl is just delicate and he's big and strong and massive and actually looked right at her and said, if one of those bubbles touches me, I'm arresting you. Touches yeah. you? Yes. yes. Even his partner looked like, are you kidding? Yeah, me? she looked up at him like he was nuts. <laughs> Then, and then he says something like, "There could get soap in her eyes," or something like that. At one yeah. point, I, that's not an ex- that's a paraphrase of what he says, but uh, detergent. He uses the term detergent. There's detergent in that, and it could get in her eye. So, meaning his uh, yeah. her being being his partner. All the people that have been blinded by uh, by soap bubbles, <laughs> right? That's why they give them to children to use because it's yeah. so dangerous to get a yeah. soap bubble. In I your don't eye. think it's it's kind or convincing or, or a good idea to go flipping birds at cops or anything like that. But this is it's supposed to show uh, you know the level of professionality that a police officer is supposed to maintain. I mean, they're there as public servants. Sometimes servants aren't treated in the best fashion, right? Mm -hmm. And a professional servant should be able to handle that. For God's sake, they get compensated enough for it. Yeah. So this guy is just out, just totally ludicrous. And, of course, as TechDirt points out here, and it seems like this is a fairly liberty-oriented blog, at least some of the stories we've seen, they uh, they point out that he's just making it worse for himself. By filing this lawsuit, because in this in this 30 page document, they've got excerpts of what has upset Officer Bubbles on uh, on YouTube. And as Techdirt points out, even in the cases where comments were a bit more stringent, it's hard to see how they could be seen as anything more than just angry venting. The Toronto Star spoke to one of the still anonymous commenters who said he doesn't even remember what he wrote, but he was just angry about what he'd seen. According to the lawsuit, his comment was, quote, if this steroid addicted Nazi has children, they must be so embarrassed. <laughs> In other words, your typical YouTube style anonymous comment. Sure, you could argue that claiming that he was steroid addicted and a Nazi might qualify as defamation, but taken in context, would anyone reading that comment really believe the commenter knew Officer Josephs and was actually alleging he was addicted to steroids and a Nazi, or would they assume that it was just someone upset by the way Officer Josephs acted? I think we should find out whether or not he's purchased any bubbles and give them to his children and then claim deli- uh, that he's contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Yeah, assaulting the <laughs> heck out of his kids with these soap bubbles. Providing weapons to his I children. hope this guy doesn't have children. I, I just love the idea of sending the bubbles to him. I think that that's, uh, that, yeah, that that's first brilliant. idea you had, Michelle, was, was, was stellar. I would hope someone has already come up with that one, but if not, someone should act, uh, act on that. Um, but uh, it's just amazing looking at this case where this cop is so overreacting, as uh, TechDirt points out that, in the meantime, by filing this lawsuit, about the only thing that Officer Bubbles has done is call a lot more attention to his initial actions, because I would not have seen, I had not seen this video until I saw this news, uh, and reinforced the idea that he seems to totally overreact to rather benign situations. But I guess if you're going to arrest a girl for blowing bubbles in your direction, and she was arrested for something, Purported, presumably that, uh, suing YouTube, uh, YouTube and suing people for mocking comments that no one actually believes probably seems to be equally intelligent. I mean, if somebody comments, I mean, I've got a blog at freekeen.com and there's open commenting there. Anybody, 
any jackball can show up and put any old name they want to in there. And they and do. They can, they can say pretty much whatever they want. We do reserve the right to, you know, de- delete something if it is, uh, say... Particularly disgusting. Yeah. Uncalled for uh, racist, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, violence. We, we don't like mm-hmm. violent talk and racist mm-hmm. talk at Freekeen.com. Your comment will be deleted in that case. But saying something about somebody you don't like... I mean, there's people on there critiquing me and the other bloggers all the time. Yeah. And any time that you are visible publicly, well, this, you need to be able to handle people critiquing you and right, saying mean things about well, you. Th- this raises the, uh, the the value of your blog. It says that um, you know you if if you comment here, your comment will be valued enough that we won't delete it. We care about what your opinion is, and not only can uh, I don't really officer, care about well, the people I mean, that don't like you me care but, enough that you'll allow them to have yeah. their opinion. Try to go on a, pol- a cop forum and do some commenting. Won't it's happened before. They'll uh, and they will ban, ban, ban. They will ban the heck criti- out of you. Critical commenters. It, it, they will delete your posts. Uh, you know, Officer Bubbles essentially is trying to do the same thing with the legal system. He's going to get his hand slapped and he's going to waste his time doing it. But you know, probably. I hope he. Can, I hope it makes it to court and they can waste all that money on that and bring all kinds of exposure and people can really humiliate and embarrass him. Then. I hope so too. <laughs> this guy totally deserves it. Every yeah. bit of he gets, he totally deserves it. Eight hundred two five nine. 9231. And what if it does make it to court? And what if YouTube is forced to reveal the IP addresses? So what? So that's not going to identify who actually made the post. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. I want to give something away. Oh, hey, we're on the air. (laughs) Michelle wants to give something away, which we might just be able to do. We might just be able to do that, but not right now. So stay tuned for your chance to win some Tota Sacks. <laughs> it's I a gave call it away a long time ago. Uh, Michelle is here with us. Michelle Seven joining us tonight. And as usual, Ian and Mark, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free. Now, head on over there, and if you support this program... Uh, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of the total purchase. Uh, so it's money that would be going to Amazon as profit, but they send it to us because we're sending them the business. So start your shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. More cop news since we were talking about Officer Bubbles there, and maybe we're going to get sued next because we're talking about him. <laughs> Uh, more cop news. This one's a little more closer to home. We do the show from New Hampshire, and all of us moved here as part of the Free State Project. We'll tell you more about the Free State Project here in a little bit. But there's some folks uh, that are uh, liberty activists that live up in the Weir, New Hampshire area. And they're, the word on the street is that the Weir cops are some of the worst. That I mean, generally, cops in New Hampshire seem to be a cut above, That, from my experience, at least out here in the Keene area, uh, a cut above at least the southern uh, cops that I've experienced down in, uh, down in Florida. But I don't know if that applies to the Weir Police Department. 
Uh, there are allegations regarding the Weir Police Department uh, involving themselves in selling cocaine, for instance. I have to, heard these allegations. Just to give you some idea of how bad these cops are supposed to be. And we frequently talk about corrupt cops on this program. And there are story after story after story. Weeks, every single week, there are multiple corrupt cop stories that come out. Folks over at StopTheDrugWar.org do a good job with those. I've actually got some for uh, for tonight. If we get a chance, we'll share them with you. Uh, but frequently, we'll talk about the absence of the good cops. Because a lot of the, the, the cops that call in to defend their jobs will say something to the effect of, well, those are just a few bad apples, those corrupt cops mm. that we might be discussing. They're just a few bad apples. 99% of cops are good guys, and we're doing good stuff, and blah, blah, blah. This is kind of the uh, excuse, uh, the, the cover story. And it's nonsense, um, because there are a lot of other cops that have called in to say, look, that's a bunch of crap. Uh, I'm a former police officer, and the corruption rises through the ranks. There's corruption all over the place in police departments. And I used to know a New York detective who told me that every cop he knew was corrupt. Wow. I don't know. For what that, for whatever that's worth, right? So on one hand, you got the cops that say, oh, 99% of cops are good guys, and it's just a few bad apples. And then you got the other cops that say, yeah, they're pretty much all corrupt. So somewhere in the middle might, might be the truth. I tend to lean towards the cops that are saying they're uh, they're pretty much all corrupt because they got no, they got no uh, you know they, they don't have a horse in the race. They're retired. They've been there. They've done that. Uh, they're not trying to uh, to cover for the department anymore. And I wonder about the cops that say that they, that it's just a few bad apples. I wonder if they are the bad guys themselves. Well, uh, it's it's hard it's hard to tell. So my my experience, and I worked uh, in close proximity to law enforcement officers. Uh, these were correctional officers for uh, several many years. And my experience was that you were talking about maybe a quarter of them, and you know you're uh, you know some some worse than other this this quarter that were bad, uh, you know guys that were dangerous, um, you know just uh, just bad, bad is different from corrupt, right? Because corrupt can just mean taking a little bit of money or taking some drugs here and there, or selling some drugs that, the, so that you've taken. In my opinion, when you're talking about somebody who does little things like that, you're talking about just about everybody can be talked into it. Imagine for a second you're a correctional officer and somebody offers you $10,000 to sneak in a bag of marijuana. They're corrupt. corrupt. They're not supposed to be doing that as part of their job. Fine. And so what the question has has been in the past, well, where are these supposedly good cops? If there are good cops out there and they know that there are bad cops in their ranks, Mm. why aren't they being good cops and outing them? Why aren't they being good cops and reporting them? Because that's very, very, very difficult. Here is... Why? The story from unionleader.com. The state attorney genitals office has cleared, thankfully, a former Weir police sergeant of manufacturing child pornography. That's a pretty serious charge, right? How did this former sergeant end up with a charge of manufacturing child pornography? Well... Former Sergeant Lou Chattel was investigated after a complaint was launched against him by Weir Police Chief Gregory Began and Lieutenant James Carney. News of the allegation broke in August when Chattel filed a complaint under a whistleblower law mm. with the State Department of Labor against the police department, alleging Began and Carney made a bogus child pornography complaint against him as part of a series of harassing acts since 2009. It's the most shocking action taken by management aid against an employee that I've ever seen, according to Chattel's attorney. The chief of the criminal bureau, the attorney general's office, confirmed yesterday investigators found no evidence that Chattel manufactured child pornography. 
Campbell provided the New Hampshire Union leader with a letter prepared by Young and assist- the assistant attorney general, the genital, that exonerates Chattel. Young confirmed the authenticity of that letter. According to the whistleblower complaint and the letter, Chattel brought home a police department-issued laptop computer containing child pornography images as part of a criminal investigation. Chattel was preparing case documents and brought the computer home to expedite the process. He said in his complaint that he was admonished by Carney the next day for bringing home the computer, and he agreed to not do it again. In Young's letter, she said authorities forensically analyzed both the department laptop and Chattel's home computer with negative results. The forensic examiner did not find any evidence that Chattel either illegally possessed or distributed any images of child sexual abuse. The letter went on to say that while there's no basis to charge Chattel with manufacturing child pornography, the department can implement its own policy uh, prohibiting the practice of bringing home laptop computers with sure. such images. <laughs> well, okay, that's all fine and dandy, um, but you know, taking it home, that's a warning. You know, that's not anything else. The uh, chief uh, chief of police there in uh, Ware would not comment when reached by phone, but when asked if he thought the child pornography complaint was appropriate, he answered, "Yep." This really demonstrates the lengths that Weir Police Department Chief Began and Lieutenant Carney will go to slur Lou Chattel in an attempt to destroy his career and get rid of him. This allegation, as the AG says, is completely baseless. And I wonder if there'll be any kind of punishment for this police chief for bringing a false complaint against one of his former officers. Campbell said hearing uh, a hearing with the Department of Labor to discuss Chattel's whistleblower, whistleblower complaint has been scheduled for later this month. Aside from the child pornography allegation, Chattel says he was removed from his position as police prosecutor in favor of an attorney that Carney knew personally. He also alleged that a hostile work environment took place after several incidents between him and Carney happened in late 2009. Those alleged incidents including Carney allegedly forcing Chattel to falsify a police report on a drug case mm. and writing him up for diverting a patrol officer from detail to respond to one of two car accidents that happened within 10 minutes of each other. Aside from the whistleblower complaint, Chattel reported to the AG's office that several Weir police officers falsified timesheets for working paid details. That investigation is ongoing. That's stealing, folks. Chattel stopped working for the department in March after he was removed from the prosecutor position. After tapping his medical benefits leave, he was officially terminated in July. So in short, this guy was maybe a little more of an honest cop compared to the rest of the Weir Police Department. He decided to uh, to try to do something about it and ended up with a charge mm-hmm. from the police department, uh, the head of the department, the chief, that uh, he allegedly manufactured child pornography. That's something that's pretty difficult to defend against. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's one of those charges that it doesn't matter if you get exonerated later on. People right. hear that news. They hear that, you know, You're associated so-and-so. with filth forever. Right. Even if the, the AG's office comes out with this statement saying, no, no, he didn't do it. We're, we're certain this, is a, you know, this charge is nonsense. We're dropping this charge. That's great. I'm glad that got publicized. I'm glad that he's getting some sort of publicity for that happening. But what about all the people that heard about it the first time but didn't hear about the update? They always wonder, though, oh, you know, the legal system it's full of low loopholes mm-hmm. all kinds of innocent people are going free or uh, guilty people are going free they just release them all the time because hollywood would have you believe that that's the case that people just get off all the time all you have to do is hire a slick lawyer and bam 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 you know it's all you have to do is talk to somebody who's really dealt with the the legal system and in fact it's it's not that way at all the juries tend to believe that well the cops wouldn't arrest you if you weren't guilty and the prosecutors mm-hmm. would be bringing well, the case if you also, weren't guilty also the way questions can be posed so 
did you print that or did you did you do the filming of that pornography did you so the, the no matter how it's answered even if he says no i didn't film it or no i wasn't responsible for taping it he's still it's still presumed that it's his and they don't you're not offered the opportunity to really defend yourself and have it retracted and then if found if exonerated there needs to be restitution to him they really just didn't set him up well enough, honestly. They just these uh, these corrupt cops, allegedly corrupt cops in uh, in Weir, New Hampshire, did not do enough of a job to really frame this guy. Um, because, as I said here, the uh, attorney general's office exonerated him. But nonetheless, it's it, this is a perfect example of what could happen to a supposedly good cop who outs the corruption from within his ranks, punishment from mm-hmm. the inside. That can result in some pretty serious consequences. So it's usually better for them to just keep their mouths shut mm-hmm. and go on collecting their paychecks. Yeah. Who That's wants the to safe deal bet. With, who wants to deal with, deal with being charged as a child pornographer? Mm. Hour two's coming up. Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Live and you can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll free at 1 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 800 259 9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and we give you the features on that site for free. So enjoy those on us. Don't forget freetalklive.com. The uh, toll free number is 800 259 9231. We are going to continue and take your phone calls about what you want. Joining us, uh, joining you here in the studio tonight, it's Ian, Michelle, and Mark. And uh, to the phones and the fun, William is on the line in New Hampshire on the amp line. Hello, William. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, super. What's on your mind tonight? Excellent. Well, I heard you talking about uh, Weir and uh, reading the, the op ed piece that uh, was there or uh, the article. Yeah, this was uh, and, just a uh, recap just for, our, to... for our listeners just tuning in. We were talking about corrupt cops, and uh, I was giving an example of why it is that the supposedly good cops out there aren't doing anything to actually bust their corrupt brethren uh, to out the corruption from within their ranks. And it's because they'll be targeted. Uh, they'll be targeted for retaliation, 
And in, in, in some cases, this retaliation is, is going to be of the worst order. Uh, one of the cops in the Weir, New Hampshire Police Department, former cop, has been charged and now finally exonerated, but nonetheless charged with manufacturing child pornography. You talk about a charge that is you know, designed to make somebody look like a sicko, to make somebody look like a bad guy. Uh, this, this police department is allegedly corrupt through the ranks, and this one guy tried to, uh, to out some of the corruption, and this is what he got. We would love to have your thoughts, William, as somebody who lives up that way. Well, this is um, the, the exact point, the uh, trumping up of charges that I wanted to call in and make, because uh, when we got arrested, um, or I did and Carla, uh, for videotaping them when uh, they wanted us to turn off the videotapes, um, they eventually, by the time it was said and done, ended up being, I ended up being charged with five charges, um, including one felony. I believe Carla was four charges with one felony. Um, Tyler, who got arrested that night, was several charges. And Diane, I mean, just a ton of ridiculous charges that they kept piling on. And every time that we would uh, go down there or call them or get a letter or, or go to the court, it was like they were just adding another charge. It was like they'd finally figured out that the first charge wasn't going to stick. So uh, they just make up another one and add it on. Um, but to this date... All of my charges have been dropped. All of Carlos, nice. all of Tyler. So they're they're running like um, I don't know, over nine. Point, you, you, you would think that, that there doesn't seem to be anything to stop them from just piling on bogus charges to people. And even though they're, they're later dropped, you still have to spend time and money and effort. Uh, dealing with them. It's frustrating, man. I don't want to have to do do court paperwork. I don't want to have to go to arraignments and and do all that stuff. So yeah, they totally waste your time with that crap. Right. And there's um, uh, George Hodgson from Palmer's who has uh, several charges that uh, we fully expect are also going to be dropped. Now, who is this? This Is the guy that owns a local tavern that they've Isn't that a guy that owns a local tavern that has been targeted by the, the police? Exactly. Exactly. One of the uh, one of the officers actually told him that well, we're we're going to shut you down. We're going to put you out of business. And um, so it's it's pretty corrupt indeed. But the other thing that I want to mention is is this officer uh, Chattel, um, who uh, they made the false accusation for. I mean, I'm glad that he was cleared of the false accusations, but uh, he was still the prosecutor. When my charges came up before him, he was the first guy that I talked to, and I have limited sympathy for him in that. Mm. He looked at the case and saw how bogus the charges were and refused to drop the charges at that point. He had it within his power to drop those charges and set things right, and he did not. Mm. Yeah. Well, again, who knows what kind of uh, – I mean, I'm not making – I don't want to make an excuse for the guy, right? But uh, with working in a police department with a chief and these others who are allegedly so dangerous and corrupt, uh, who knows what kind of pressures were on him to you know, to keep moving forward? I guess that's true. I mean, again, Hard it's not say. an excuse, uh, but it is a reality, right? These guys, if they are good – and I'm not saying he was good. I'm just saying in this, in this instance, he attempted to uncover some of the corruption, and this is what he got were child porn charges. And, you know, he certainly didn't deserve that. That's absolutely true. So, Tell me something, yeah, William. I just wanted to uh, drop in those comments. Well, I've got a question for you because you, you and uh, Carla, a couple of the local, uh, you and uh, you, Carla, local uh, activists, you moved here as part of the Free State Project. You were arrested for uh, wiretapping charges for videotaping the police in a public place, and you had told me on the phone that uh, they still have the cameras. So even though they've dropped all of the charges against you, they still have your property. 
Uh, that's true. They have not returned my camera or this camera or uh, Tyler's firearm. For that what matter. do you do in that case? I mean, how long has it been since they've dropped the charges? Um, it's been a while. They claim uh, that it's still evidence because they've <laughs> referred it to the county attorney, and the county attorney could conceivably uh, bring an indictment. For what? Isn't it like another everyone, six years? Everyone knows that's not going to happen. Right. Isn't it, isn't it like a window of six years here in New Hampshire that they have with it, in which they can bring a charge against you if for an alleged event that occurred? It has to have occurred within six years. Uh, is it, is uh, that the idea? They're going to just hang on to your camera until six years has passed by? Yeah. Um, pretty. It seems like they're, they they intend to uh, hold on to it indefinitely, and at the very least, um, if we file um, whatever motions are required to get it back, it's going to cost a hundred and some odd dollars, I'm, I think, in filing fees to get back uh, what wow. is probably you know a, a, an eighty dollar camera. You know, and, and this is this is just the way that the police uh, intend to, and the prosecutor's office, uh, uh, you know, works with them to chill this, uh, you know, the freedom of the press. They, they, you know, people should people who have blogs and and operate on the internet uh, should be able to videotape the police that they pay for their salaries. I mean, there's there's no reason that a public servant working on public time, standing on public property, should have any kind of expectation of not being uh, uh, filmed, especially when they know it's not like they're, you know, there's surreptitious cameras or anything. Not that I have a problem with that either. If they if they've got nothing to hide, then they've got nothing to hide. Shouldn't be a problem, right. but this it, is it, how they want to do. This is what they want to do to chill freedom of speech. They want to steal your camera. It's very strange to me that uh, I I mean, you guys are in the media all the all more than I am, so maybe you um, have a thought on this. But it seemed to me that all of these charges hit around the same time from local police departments around the country, which mm-hmm. says, you know, they didn't just all at the same time to start decide to start charging people uh, with a completely unrelated a crime of of wiretapping for videotaping people uh, on their on their own accord. Uh, so it seems to me that word must have come down from somewhere. And I would guess it was DHS, but hmm. uh, all of a sudden in Florida, Maryland, Ohio, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, within a few months period, people are all getting arrested and charged with with wiretapping. Interesting it speculation. Be. It's yeah, it's yeah. it's just speculation. I, I couldn't say what as you know. I, I just like to imagine people to imagine for a second. Now remember. These cops aren't supposed to have any more power than you are. You're supposed to be able to make a citizen's arrest. You're supposed to be as powerful as they are in the eyes of the law. Uh, imagine for a second if you take away a, uh, an officer's service weapon and say, you might have committed a crime with this. So I'm going to hold on to it for six years until mm-hmm. I decide whether or not I bring you up on charges. I mean, how stupid is that? Right. What is it that uh, they would be charging you filing fees on regarding filing some sort of a motion to get back the camera? I, I guess that's what it is, and that, that uh, just uh, you know the motion for the. Return I've never of heard property, of that. I've never I, heard of that. Know. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but uh, I've filed plenty of motions at the local court, and they've all been ruled on without any sort of a a filing fee or any any mention of of a filing fee. Um, have you filed any kind of motion to get it back yet, and has it been um, denied? Perhaps I'm mistaken on that, but uh, that's what I was told. I I've mm, this. We're we're transitioning now that the criminal case has been dropped into the civil case, and so again the the eighty dollar camera is not on the top of my priority sure, list. Sure, sure. Um, you know, but um, it, the we are moving forward with um, with a civil case. So you're suing the Weir Police Department? Yes. 
Oh, okay, great. Well, I hope you'll you. keep us in the loop as to... Thank you for your service, William Kostrick. <laughs> no, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I hope you'll uh, keep us in the loop as to how that goes, will you? I certainly will. Thanks, William. I appreciate night, hearing from you tonight at 800-25... Yep, yep, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Even though it's an $80 camera, it might be worth whatever the footwork is to, just to, you know, for the fact that you might get it back. Like, if you can actually get it back, then that would the be a The footage win. on it. You know, There's that too. You get it, yeah. yeah, more coming up here. Take control of the airwaves. Uh, this is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there free, including our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. wikiwiki.freetalklive.com. Head over there, and uh, you can edit virtually anything you see. wiki.freetalklive.com. So, you've got a child that's special to you? When do you want to start teaching them about the ideas of liberty? I figured I couldn't start soon enough. An Island Called Liberty is a picture book for children, and I read it to my son, Jack, all the time. It's kind of like Ayn Rand meets Dr. Seuss. It's simple story, graceful rhymes, and beautiful illustrations on every page. Make it one of any child's favorites. You can go now to freemarketunderdog.com, see some samples there, and order today. There's a 10% discount for listeners of Free Talk Live with coupon code FTL. An Island Called Liberty at freemarketunderdog.com. So uh, we're going to continue here. By the way, uh, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, something we talk about quite frequently. If Even if they weren't a sponsor of the show, we'd still be talking about why we're here in New Hampshire. And because Mark and myself made the move about four years ago, Michelle, has it been four months for you? Five months Yes, now? since Porkfest. Yeah, I so coordinated the two. So yeah, about a, about a, a mm-hmm. third of a year for you mm-hmm. at this point. And uh, how's it been so far? Uh, actually, it's been really hard. Really, and I say that uh, to people. And you know, I mentioned this to Jason Talley actually that last week, and he looked at me like, "You what? That shouldn't be hard. This is the time of your life. You're around your people." And uh, actually, at our ladies' dinner last night, we were talking about it. When you're on the outside, you can kind of. Fudge. Not that you want to fudge, but if, for example, someone were to wrong you and it would be so easy to just sue them or use the state to mm. to pressure them into something. And within this you know, community, we really hold each other accountable to to adhere to uh, voluntarism. And I, I don't find it easy. I mean, you know, it's it's something I believe in. I'm passionate about but I think that it requires effort and work, and, and I embrace that, and I'm thrilled. But I really, you know, if I could talk someone out of coming here, I would. How's that? Really? Yes, because if I can talk you out of coming, 
by telling you that you have to step up and you have to dig in deep and you have to work hard that I don't want you here. Yeah, be. Then, right. <laughs> hmm. You know, and, and don't I've, come to New Hampshire. <laughs> many people have suggested things like, uh, well, you need you guys need a program where, uh, you know, people can get their first couple of months, you know, a place for people to stay when they first come up no. so that, uh, you know, people can be like taken care of. Subsidize them? Is, right. No. This is essentially the, you know, a similar kind of uh, thing to what she's talking about. And I absolutely agree. The people that are here, got here because they believe in the principles. Not every one of them is a voluntarist. Many people are just, uh, you know, just small just government standard, standard small government libertarians. And, um, you know, they've moved to wherever they've moved to in the state. And uh, thank goodness that they're here. But the, um, you know, they're here of their own volition. And that makes them that much more valuable. Okay. Well, the Mazingos stayed with, with us for three weeks um, when they moved from mm-hmm. Germany. And um, some might say, oh, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't charge them room and board. Jason... When he stayed at my house last weekend or so, he offered me $15 a night to stay in my basement. And, um, uh, but Robin and Tommy, you know, sure, they stay there for three weeks, and I hope that they felt at home. But I could ask them to help me with anything. Sure. And it's reciprocated, and, you know, it's back well, and forth and everything. Have... So to, to make that kind of relationship with people, if you volunteer it, that's great. But to have the expectation that you could, should be able to come here and, and get have somebody free room up. and board. No. Right, well, I mean, you had a, a, a somewhat of a relationship that had already been built with the Mazingos in yes. advance. Yes. And that, that helps. I mean, it, was, it wasn't like you felt like you were letting somebody you didn't know into your home for three weeks. Right. Uh, and that's one of the neat things about being here is and meeting these people is that it, they feel like people you've always known, but you haven't. Uh, that there, there are people that have been, you know, basically waiting to uh, to meet you and and be your friend, mm-hmm. but you've never you never really known them. Uh, so, uh, so freestateproject.org, that's where you can go to learn more about that. In fact, there are obviously critics of the uh, the Free State Project around, <laughs> and uh, some of them are a little more loud and uh, obnoxious than others. Some of them are a little more visible than others. Usually, our cri- uh, critics are in an anonymous form. Yeah, they, posting, they skulk about, they right. use uh, f- fake names on the internet, things yeah. like that. Because they don't actually have, and they typically, when they attack, they attack the person, they attack you know, the individual. You guys are stupid. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Uh, they don't actually have anything intelligent to say regarding the ideas of voluntarism or the ideas right. of liberty. And so it's usually just, why can't you focus on issues that are important or important you're dumb? to me. Yeah, yeah. So, well, call in because this is the show where you get to talk about what you want. <laughs> they they would have their voices on the air and that's not as anonymous as posting on a, an internet forum somewhere. Um, but occasionally there are people who are willing to crit- criticize and put their names to what they have to say. Now, when somebody's willing to put their name and their, uh, you know, their 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 person behind their viewpoint, I think it deserves a, a closer look. I think that that critique deserves, uh, you know, to be addressed and it deserves to be looked at in most cases. Um, and and certainly there have been there's been a local group here, the Free Keen from the Free Keen Stigma folks that uh, that founded and kind of came out to critique some of the activism here in Keene, New Hampshire. We've met with those folks, and we've had conversations with them and taken them a lot more seriously than the average person who comments anonymously on freekeen.com. But then there are people like Pam Martins who, well, her critique's worth sharing because it seems to get a lot of uh, attention. Well, I'm Um, glad that she writes her stuff because it always uh, gives a little boost to the uh, sign-ups of the Free State Project. But yeah, she's kind of crazy. And uh, once you realize that the, the person who's critiquing you is a little bit nuts... Then it doesn't really it doesn't really matter too much what uh, what they have to say. Wait, are you using an ad hominem there? Um, you know, do you I, think it's possible that people are crazy? 
I mean, like, are, do crazy I have family members that are crazy. Right. So, you know, maybe <laughs> I, 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 I am not a psychiatrist and can't d- diagnose. Uh, maybe just elaborate a little bit. You know, I she's mean, got some really paranoid tendencies. Like, uh, oh. you know, she has accused she, she has, uh, you know, asked me questions about uh, on Internet forums about why my house is owned by a corporation rather than uh, by my in my name. Do you think it's because I'm a nationally syndicated radio show and I uh, show host and don't want uh, you know lunatics showing up at my house? Right. You know, I mean, <laughs> this, she believes there's a conspiracy. Right. And she does, and she, she thinks that guys like Rupert Murdoch. That the Murdoch, Free State Project is also part of that, that conspiracy. Right. That yes. we're all in on this giant right wing conspiracy. And of course, I'm offended that I be called right wing, <laughs> uh, but uh, but that we're all in on this vast right wing conspiracy to mm. do horrible, horrible things to New Hampshire. And so we'll break down what she has mm-hmm. to say here in a moment. And I was corrected recently, though, on the definition of ad hominem. And I think that we might have been using it inappropriately. Attacking the man. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's not just name calling. Name calling isn't necessarily an ad hominem. And anyway, we can talk more about that here in a little bit. But first, we want to do a giveaway and we're going to give you the Tota Sack, which is a brilliant little device that will allow you to carry in your grocery bags or whatever bags, uh, things that you can fit on this uh, little handle. It's made out of recycled materials, and I love them. I, in fact, I need to get another one because I lost one of them. But uh, I've got mine. I bring in the groceries with it all the time. And Mark, you and Laura use yours at, uh, at Just your house. Just use it uh, Sunday's grocery day. It's good stuff. You can go to totasack.us to learn more about the Tota Sack. totasack.us. But if you call now at 603-435-1105, you'll get a two-pack of the Tota Sack. 603-435-1105. Call now for the Tota Sack. More coming up. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We will give you the features there for free. So enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see it for yourself. And if you're a lady listener, you can get involved there. Get the details at shrine.freetalklive.com. The Charles G. Koch Summer Fellowship Program, sponsored by the Institute for Humane Studies, provides policy experience and training for individuals passionate about individual liberty and free markets. The program includes an eight-week internship, two public policy seminars, and career training. Participants in turn at one of of more than 100 think tanks and nonprofit organizations in Washington, D.C. and across the United States, working on issues ranging from privatization to energy policy to free speech. You can go to libertarianinternships.com. These internships include a stipend, 
place to stay, uh, housing assistance, mentoring. Uh, all majors are encouraged to to apply. It's it's really for, meant for graduate students, undergraduates, and recently graduated. LibertarianInternships.com. You've got to go to the website and sign up for more information. LibertarianInternships.com. Speaking of Charles Koch, that actually leads right into what I wanted to talk about here, which is uh, some of the recent critique leveled at the Free State Project. It's actually more of the same uh, from one of the more prominent critics of the uh, the Free State Project, Pam Martins, who is a writer. She's frequently published in Counterpunch dot, uh, on counterpunch.org. Which is if you fairly... go to the Wikipedia article on Counterpunch, you'll see that it, uh, Counterpunch has just uh, been described by experts as frequently anti-Semitic. Um, and has such luminaries as Cynthia McKinney and Fidel Castro, who write for them. Wait, is that, right? is that Alex's? Alex who? Okay, never mind. Keep Probably going and I'll come know. back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ale- uh, Andrew Cockburn or something like that? Yes. That sounds right. Yes. Yeah, Alexander Cockburn. Yes. Thank you. I love him. Well, I've, we've read things from this <laughs> website before, and they've been Oh, yeah. Some of it, some no, of I love really to party good. with him. I, I've never read it. You, you know stuff. him personally. Yeah, I met some him a few of, years ago. Some of it's really good stuff. It's all outrageous. It seems to be his uh, his big thing. And, you know, uh, fine. Uh, I have no problem with uh, Pam Martin's writing our articles now that I've found out that they really are great for uh, membership drives for the Free State Project. Because people who read this uh, th- this blog... Well, they tend to be the the sort of uh, you know fringe type folks that might be interested in the Free State Project. Some of them are outraged, but you know, let them be outraged. Who's getting hurt here? So she spends the beginning portion, the beginning half of this fairly lengthy piece, which I'm going to skip, uh, talking about Charles Koch, uh, who's a man you just mentioned a moment ago, Mark. Uh, Charles Koch, who is he? Uh, well, he's one of the the Koch brothers. He's uh, the owner of the largest privately held company in the United States. Does that sound right to you? Um, yeah, I think I think it might be the second largest. Fine, uh, one of the top five largest uh, billionaire. Uh, yeah, he's very wealthy man. Um, you know, kind of into the libertarian stuff, more the political side of things. Um, as I understand, his donations only go to not for profit organizations that uh, have a, a liberty bend, but. You know, it's to some extent you're still talking about the uh, he's he's more to the right than yeah he's you know, uh, the, say the, Ian and or I right the Lou Rockwell folks are fairly critical of him LouRockwell.com of course the the most prominent uh, liberty oriented website out there we've had Lou on the show before and uh, I've seen posts on his site that are cr- critical of Coke uh, but nonetheless Pam Martin's believes that Charles Coke is the power. And the organizer behind the Free State Project. This she's actually, uh, you know, quizzed me on the ownership of my house. I believe believing that Charles Koch bought my house, house for me. Oh wow! Will he buy me a house too? I, I wish he'd buy me one. Uh, so, so let me skip to the part where she starts talking about the Free State Project. She says this over at counterpunch.org. We have a right to uh, we have a right wing grassroots. She puts quotes around that group of our own here in New Hampshire with ties to Coke money. Called the Free State Project, it was the creation of Jason Sorens. And in parentheses, she adds, while the group advocates for the elimination of tax-funded public education, Dr. Sorens teaches political science at the taxpayer-funded State University of New York at Buffalo. You know, this is a tough scenario for somebody who uh, you know wants to be a professor. And uh, there was uh, an interesting uh, 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 podcast that I listened to, I think it was from Mises, about... You know, if you want to be, uh, you know, a Misesian, Misesian uh, economist, basically Austrian economist, yeah, an, <laughs> a, a Austrian economist. The only thing you can really do is do it by being a professor, right? I mean, you know, who wants? What, what's your other job? I suppose working in some think tanks. But if you want to be a professor that teaches this to other people, what are your choices? All you and, really have the, the choice is to work at a college, and every college in the United States, except for two, as I understand it, 
of the thousands of colleges that there are, it accepts government funding. Yes. Yeah. And Jason Sorens, he's right about Jason Sorens. He does work for a university, and and there are a lot of things I disagree with Jason Sorens on. He's not the uh, you know the most principled uh, volunteerist. He's just a small government guy. But everybody deals with these issues in the areas that we, they work. Free Talk Live is on uh, FCC, FCC licensed stations, yeah. radio stations. We benefit from the fact that the FCC uh, d- limits the amount of radio stations that are on the dial. There's, I don't know if we benefit from that. Sure, we do. I don't know about that. There's, <laughs> I think that the marketplace uh, is suffocated by the FCC's existence. I think the radio industry in general is crippled uh, by the fact that the FCC. I agree exists. that it's losing uh, listenership as a result, but you know, there's still the people that listen to the radio, and they only have a few choices when it comes to talk. And there's a reason for that. Uh, one could make the argument that. Free Talk Live benefits from uh, the you know the stifling the the licensure of you could of make that argument, but I think that uh, that I think that people that support protectionism like that, and I'm not saying you support it, Mark, but uh, people that support protectionism are cutting off their nose despite drives their down competition, and competition actually is what yeah. enables. Things to grow and get Things better. Things to grow, and, yeah. yeah. If exactly. I could make that argument, I certainly would, as I believe that uh, Jason Sorens would, would would like to see universities that are uh, you know paid for by in the free marketplace without uh, government funding. So back to the paranoia here from Pam Martins at CounterPunch.org. Dr. Sorens is an example of a core strategy of the right-wing funding network, taking a cue from corporate research that teaches if you want to create brand loyalty for life, you must reach your target market at an early age. Many of the right-wing Nonprofits offer internships, as we were mentioning a moment ago, Mark. Right. The Britannian internships. Many of the socialists teach uh, at colleges. Oh, they teach at high schools, too. And associate programs for promising undergraduates and grad students. They look for two things in particular, writing skills and computer internet savvy. These individuals are called the talent and are viewed in the same light as Merck views its thought leaders in the launch of a new drug. In many cases, they are funded and nurtured for life. The Charles G. Koch Charitable <laughs> Foundation has at least six staff members with the word talent in their title, for example. Manager of talent, director of talent, coordinator of talent. It explains on its website that over 700 individuals have gone through its paid summer fellow program and have gone on to work at places like Cato, the Wall Street Journal, Department of Justice, World Bank, and Council of Economic Advisors. Dr. Sorens was funded by two Koch-funded universe, er, organizations, the Mercatus Center and the Institute for Humane Studies. Mm. When he was ready to launch his audacious don't they plan. sound dangerous? The Institute for Humane Studies. Yeah. When he was ready to launch his audacious plan to convert New Hampshire into a free market stronghold. I don't know that Charles Koch had anything to do with the Free State Project other than, you know, like, I agree that some people that are involved in the Free State Project have been involved in organizations that he's funded. But I, I don't know that any of his money has gone directly to the Free State Project. I couldn't say that. Well, she's claiming that uh, that he was funded by uh, the Mercatus Center and Institute for Humane Studies, which are given money by he, Koch. It's not like Jason Soren spends all of his time worrying about the Free State Project. It is just an idea that he had that people pick, picked up and ran with. The guy hasn't even... Don't you understand? He's just a puppet. A puppet of Charles Koch. But Charles Koch just gives a bunch of money, has a whole bunch of money, gives a bunch of money to freedom. And you don't think that money comes with strings attached? Of course it does. All money comes with strings attached. You don't think that the uh, George Soros's money comes with strings attached? I mean, I don't understand I what I wouldn't this... know what he's going to give me and what he's going to make me do. Right. I, I just... I, none of these things... Uh, I, I've never met Charles Koch. I never had any contact with Charles Koch. Free Talk Live is the single biggest recruiter of of the uh, the Free State Project. 
I mean, you think that Charles Koch would give me a telephone call? How about a little? But you ad just ran an Chuck? advertisement for Charles Koch. What are you talking about? I ran about? an ad for the Institute for Humane Studies, and I give them a deal because I believe in what they're doing. You're just trying to cover up the truth. Well, trying to cover up the conspiracy. Now I'm a liar, too. All right, we'll come See, back with is, more. Pam Martins is all about smear. She'll find some facts. It's true. But she'll take those facts and smear them. Believe me, I've had a lot of run-ins with this lady. Well, right. Alex Cockburn is awesome, though, if you can have a drink with him. More coming up here at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And we give you the features on our site completely free. So do enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Hey, if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, we would like you to become a Free Talk Live amplifier. You can do it for as little as 3 bucks a month, and you'll get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, and the AMP-only podcast. Go get the details on what you get, and we'll get the 3 bucks a month, and we'll take that in and combine it with other people's 3 bucks a month, and that adds up to a good amount of money for us to help market the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, or some alternative options. amp.freetalklive.com. Back to the conspiracy. Uh, from CounterPunch.org's Pam Martins, who is one of the more prominent critics of the Free State Project. And, of course, the three of us here on this program made the move to New Hampshire as part of the, the Free State Project. Pam Martins would have you believe that it was all part of a uh, – we moved as part of a, a, a giant right-wing conspiracy uh, to bring the free market to New Hampshire. Now, of course, the right wing, in my opinion, doesn't give a wit about freedom and uh, the free market, nor does the left wing. And so I'm insulted that uh, that she would consider me a right winger. But nonetheless, let's get back to her allegations about what she believes is really going on. Dr. Sorens. Now, Jason Sorens, the founder of the Free State Project, uh, I think Pam Martins and others who look at the Free State Project want to believe as though it is like their organizations, like their place of business or their government, where someone's at the top and he issues orders to his underlings and the, uh, the underlings issue orders to their underlings and so on and so forth. Truth be told, I don't report to Jason Sorens. I don't really like a lot of what Jason Sorens has to say. We disagree on a number of uh, a number of issues. Jason Sorens is certainly not in charge of me or this program or even the commercial buys, the, you know, the, the things that we say about the Free State Project. He's not even involved in that. I mean, the guy lives in his academic tower in New York at some, uh, some university there. He doesn't even live in New Hampshire. Like, my level of connection with Jason Sorens is I see him once a year at Porkfest. I've got to say, he is a gentle, humble man. I, I, you know, I like, my wife certainly gets along well with his wife. Um, you know, 
I like all the time I've spent with him. He's been very kind. Um, you know, I've got nothing bad to say about him. But t- t- to suggest that somehow Jason Sorens is the is is the the the, the, the apex, the, the pinnacle, this the center of the Free State Project is really just not true. It's an idea he had, and it, he let it go, like you fill a balloon with helium and release it. So Pam uh, continues here in her article over at Counterpunch. That when he was ready to launch his audacious plan to convert New Hampshire into a free market stronghold, he was assisted on the morning of February 27, 2004, with a big-wig press conference at the Washington, D.C. headquarters of the wealthy and well-connected American Enterprise Institute. Which, by the way, I'd like to point out, she's off by about three years. The Free State Project was originally created in 2001. She's saying that when he was ready to launch his plan in 2004, sorry, happened in 2001 so but whatever you know fact, i mean she, quick fact check there for she, you Pam. she's she's very good about uh you know she she finds facts and then she'll she'll pop them in and, and then in the process do this smearing thing with the facts so that this headquarters of the aei also funded with coke money as well as as in charles coke uh, this billionaire supposedly liberty-minded guy uh, as well as the rest of the A-list of conservative foundations. According to its most recent 990 tax filing available to the public at GuideStar.org, the American Enterprise Institute has assets of $104 million in 2008 and received grants and contributions of $59 million la- uh, that year. The concept, I'm not sure what the point of that is, the concept was a bit far-fetched even from the conservative reporters at, or even for the conservative reporters at the event. Dr. Soren's proposal was, via coaxing on the internet to get 20,000 libertarians, to move to New Hampshire, take over the state and local politics by being hyper-activists. To potential recruits, Dr. Sorens pitched the gambit as creating a migration and sanctuary for freedom-loving people. To the American Enterprise Institute, he pitched it as a means of leveraging an anti-regulatory agenda to benefit business, not just in New Hampshire, but in other states as well. By business, uh, you know, it's, it's one thing to benefit business. It's another thing to benefit corporations. And I, I think that uh, probably Pam and I would agree on corporations as just shields to protect people from their, their, the, you know, their bad actions. Quote, once New Hampshire moves dramatically in a free market direction, we're going to continue to attract individuals and businesses from other states and other states are going to have to reform their own laws in order to avoid losing their tax base to our state. I think that's true. Dr. Sorens told the audience. Yeah, I would agree. And that's a good mm-hmm. thing. Having businesses uh, being less controlled means more uh, fr- more freedom for them to make decisions, more money for them to pay uh, their employees with, and uh, more competition in the marketplace. Because as we've seen time and time again on this program, Business regulations actually exist to benefit the corporations, the big uh, big corporations that are in whatever the industry. They write them. And the weak yep. link also. What do you mean? Well, if if uh, someone's being subsidized, then there isn't the incentive to be the best. Mm-hmm. And so you don't see the best product. And so it ends up subsidizing the weakest link on there. You know, we saw that with the uh, auto industry. Yeah, and regulations aren't a direct subsidy in that they're getting handed money, but it's a sort of a roundabout subsidy in that Mm -hmm. they're being protected from competition. So the big corporations love regulations because all they have to do is hire a few new lawyers uh, or pay their lawyers a little bit extra to have them do whatever paperwork they need to do to abide by the new regulations or institute whatever they need to institute. It's not a big deal. It's a drop in their their corporate buckets. If they've got billions of dollars coming in and going out every year, a few new regulations aren't going to make or break them. But a new regulation could absolutely make or break a mom-and-pop business that comes mm. into or that was maybe new in the industry that doesn't have the, uh, the, the big bank accounts and the lawyers 
employers to 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 step up and to start obeying all of these uh, whatever the new controls are. So really, regulations are pro, you know proposed and supported by people like Pam Martins in this fallacious belief that because I don't think Pam Martins is for corporations. I think she really is honestly against the idea of big corporations. But what she doesn't realize is what she's calling for. That is more regulations on on businesses is actually going to uh, just entrench those corporations ever further. If she pays income tax, the federal government, she supports directly corporations. The biggest corporation, the federal government, <laughs> well, is, that uh, is a corporation and, on its own. And the subsidies and the regulations sure. that they propose. So she's supporting that system that she is, you know, lambasting and then so many people don't understand they don't they don't see the the disconnects like that Mm -hmm. and we've actually invited uh pam martins onto this show uh and she has ignored our all of our invitations right she doesn't want to she doesn't want to have to deal with uh with people that disagree well and and it would be in in the studio as well i want to make that clear because you could say well that's not fair you guys are going to be on the she's going to be on the phone you can just hang up on her no no i've invited her in the studio, and I knew that she had an issue with you, Mark, because you guys live uh, close by to one another. Um, so I, t- I said in my email to her, look, I'd love to have you or your husband, because he's kind of uh, one of her, her teammate on she this. She uses him as, as a straw man, I'm afraid. Okay, well, <laughs> it's a guess that I'm making here. Like, I'd that's love the to way have I you see it. On the show, let's talk about these issues and I will even have Mark not be there. If, if, if Mark makes you uncomfortable, it'll just be just you and cardboard I. Just a cardboard mic. But if, if she's in the studio, I can't. It, it would be clearly rude for me to turn her mic off or something sure. like that. It, it wouldn't. It, it, it would go well, I think. It would be a great conversation. But she's obviously too afraid to, uh, to come in and do it. Because I've sent. I mean, I haven't sent her an email in a while, but I did initially send her an email Maybe about I that. could invite her to one of our ladies' dinners. Totally. You mm-hmm. should. I think so. Mark, do you know how to get in touch with uh, Pam Martins? Uh, no, she's in the book. Okay. Well, uh, we'll talk about the ladies group here in a little bit. I mm-hmm. definitely want to talk about that because that's pretty exciting. But let's get back to the conspiracy. Dr. Sorens and Mercatus had a plan to move that theory along. Dr. Sorens and William P. Rutger, an assistant professor at Texas State University, San Marcos co-authored a study with the Koch-funded Mercatus Center on Freedom in the 50 States, an index of personal and economic freedom. The study ranks the 50 states in terms of personal and economic freedoms. Uh, exactly 13 days after the study on freedom in the 50 states was released, the 1851 Center for Constitutional Law at the Buckeye Institute, another free market nonprofit, used the document and testimony on a House bill threatening to initiate legal action if the bill were signed into law. The testimony noted that Ohio recently ranked 38 in an index of economic freedom amongst the 50 states. The bill the center was against would have eased mortgage loan modifications to prevent foreclosures. Koch Foundation money provides support to the Buckeye Institute for Public Policy Solutions. Dr. Soren's belief in the individual's pursuit of freedom and democracy has been called into question with this post he made at the Cato Institute. Quote, I don't believe in democracy. Why, you know, why, why is she accusing this guy of believing in democracy? Has Charles Koch said he believed in democracy? The collective action problem helps to explain why only narrow interests will successfully organize and achieve policy victories, and why these will come at the expense of the citizenry. Interest groups can achieve these victories only because voters are deeply or irremediably ignorant of philosophy, politics, economics, and public policy. Trying to educate voters is hopeless because they lack the proper incentives to learn and employ the political knowledge. Mm, I tend to believe that. It's a quote that. From, uh, from Jason Sorens. Mm, now, why is, she, why is she quoting that? Is it to make him look like he hates voters? Well, because she wants, she loves democracy. We'll come back with more. You can take control. Bring up anything. Hour three is next. This is Free Talk Live. 
Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching into the third hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We'll give you the features on our site free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And joining you tonight, it is Ian. Michelle. And Mark. Uh, join us again. At 800-259-9231. In fact, uh, we're going to go to the phones and the fun here, and then we'll continue telling you about the conspiracy (laughs) behind the Free State Project. First, Frank is in New York, and you're on Free Talk Live with the Michelle Mark. Hello, Frank. Uh, Good evening, uh, people. It's nice to hear your voice this uh, warm uh, October evening. I have a question regarding New Hampshire and I know New Hampshire uh, doesn't have a, a state income tax, correct? That's correct. Okay. But I also know that New Hampshire was primarily a rural agricultural state. And there were many individuals in the eastern establishment that owned summer homes and large tracts of land in New Hampshire. And I know Dartmouth College is in New Hampshire. But, in order, to, but in order to get people to move up to New Hampshire... You have to have sort of like an economy that can sustain the people. I know Vermont has a relatively small population, and it has an economy based on skiing, leisure, and also uh, it has the universities, uh, you know, as well. Well, you might be surprised to learn that New Hampshire is the strongest of the economies of the different states in the Northeast. Uh, It's it's one of the strongest in the entire country. So tell me then. What what is the economy? Is it high tech? There's a lot of that. Design. There's actually a lot of uh, tech industry stuff in New Hampshire. I don't know. I'm not an economist. I don't. I haven't studied uh, the New Hampshire economy. But I mean, there's 1.4 million people living here. So. There's a actually, lot of manufacturing too. I I actually happen to know the answer to this question. Please. And it's and it's plant starts. Plant starts. Correct. What does that mean? So if you want to grow vegetables or flowers, they start from seedling mm-hmm. and they grow little starts so that you can take your small itty little little bitty plant and then and and uh and you're saying that that, pl- that, that I, that's plants are I, a major uh, economic that's factor that's what in i Asia? read yes interesting so how, so i would assume there are probably then maybe five or six huge nursery nurseries that that do that correct that's not every little person doing that right. i'm just wondering in order to, when people move to new york city they move with either the idea that, A, they're going to participate in the arts, maybe they're mm-hmm. going to participate in finance, maybe they'll participate in design, uh, maybe they'll participate in merchandising, maybe they'll participate in the many diverse universities up here in some capacity. But I'm sort of wondering, in order to get 50 or 100 or half a million people to move up to New Hampshire, a lot of people, including myself, would like to move up to a free uh, market system, even though, as I tell well, the show, well, Frank, just a point of clarification. 
Just a point of clarification, we're looking to get 20,000 people to make the move as part of the Free State Project. Over 10,000 have already signed on board. Almost 10,500 uh, have now signed up. So we're looking for about another 9,500 people to sign. And then there's going to be about a five-year window in which those folks have to uh, to make the move. And nobody can possibly this say that... There will be enough jobs up there to sustain, let's say, 50,000 people. Well, that well wait up. a second. Wait a second. Um, there's something unique to New Hampshire, and I've actually lived in seven states. I've visited, uh, what is it, 47 of the 50. And, and uh, there's something unique to this area that I love, and that is you drive down any road or um, here, and there are homes with an advertising yeah. Uh, you know, plaque or something out in front, whether it's tailoring or candle making or attorney or, um, you know, mason or whatever. And people just have out of their homes whatever their skill set is and and go from there. So what is it that you do, Frank, and what would you like to do to contribute to the economy and, and exchange value for value? Well, I could probably teach, you know, in the university, but I'm also a, I'm also an artist, but then again, I'm just trying to, you know, figure out in a sense how one could sustain oneself up there. Well, how do you sustain yourself now? Are you dependent on on a, a university salary right now? Uh, I sustain myself doing many things, but the point is, New York <laughs> is diverse enough that allows one to do that. Have you whereby, sold any of your art? Pardon me. Have you sold any of your art? Oh yes. Well, Peterborough would probably be the place for you, then. That's kind of the artist community here in New Hampshire. Yeah, but New the Hampshire. point is that, that by New York standards, that really isn't that much. Yeah, if you you're know, looking to compete with New of... York, Frank, I mean, if you're looking to compete with New York... Especially gonna, in the arts. You're not going to get it. I mean, it's... See, uh, in New York, one pays a, among the highest taxes in the nation. Sure you do. Uh, and, and one also pays among the highest rent and the highest food... Uh, and you get the convenience the of being able to walk around the corner and have uh, 20 only, different pizza places right. and three uh, Chinese places. Right. And it's, the only, it's the only place <laughs> in North America where you don't need a car. Every other city, That's not true. you really Keene, need New a Hampshire, car. You do not need a car. Correct. You, uh, you, no, here in Keene, New Hampshire, you can get along with a bicycle or even walking if you uh, if you absolutely have to. It's very compact. Up here in, in New Hampshire. Yeah, you can do it. In, 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 there, there, there are towns. Certainly New York offers the, the most variety of anything anywhere. But I think you can get around in Chicago inside the loop. Um, that there, there's no, more. Chicago, you need a car. I mean, every city in America, with the exception of New York, uh, a car is necessary because the mass transit is so bad. Well, I need and freedom and I need friends. And the hmm. the way I, you know, uh, the a, the criterion I have for my friendships is that they be liberty minded, voluntary associating people. So this is where I came to do that because this is the only place I found in the world where there's a community of people that celebrate that and live that lifestyle. Now, I don't know what the rest Frank's of... Frank's interested in that. He's just, you know, yeah. he's trying to trying to feel it all sure, out. Sure, sure. And yeah. I think what you need to do, Frank, really, is come up and take a look. That's always a good idea. Yeah, come yeah. up, visit around, meet some of the activists here, get get a, you know, get a, an eyeful of the towns and, and see what they're like. No, I love New Hampshire. In fact, when I was up at McGill, I would uh, come down to... Vermont and New Hampshire and, uh, you know, different things. And, you know, it, it's a wonderful place. Well, there is an Don't art get me wrong, here. But I never, I never saw a real economy that, let's say, people that are going to have to earn their own way that don't have trust funds or don't have 
uh, let's it, say, it's here, family Frank. angels. I mean, you, you, you can't have 1.4 million people living on a trust fund in in New Hampshire. I mean, these are people that are there are businesses here, and there are right. you know opportunities here, and it's it's a relatively free economy compared to some of the surrounding states. So there's more of that. Um, are there every th- the creature comforts that you might be able to find in larger areas? No, I mean, it sure it would be nice if we had a stadium seat movie theater here in uh, in Keene, but they have that in the larger populated mm-hmm. areas of New Hampshire. You know, the Manchester uh, area has an IMAX theater and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the stadium seating and all that stuff. Uh, but as far as the arts community is concerned, the, the at least I, I can only speak to the southwestern corner of New Hampshire. That's mm-hmm. where I spend all my time. Sure. Um, so I'd imagine there's something over in Manchester and all that. But this is the more liberal area of, uh, of New Hampshire. And mm-hmm. so there is an arts community here. There's performing arts. There's not so performing arts, the static art, whatever you want to call that, pictures, <laughs> uh, things like that. There are arts groups. There's the Monadnock Arts, I think, Association. There's mm-hmm. uh, there's a, a few different places that you can get involved in, but it's never going to be the scope or the size or the popularity of uh, of New York. There are plays. One of the free staters, John Ray, is uh, is a local mm-hmm. thespian. He he's gotten involved with one of the local community theater groups, and he um, started with a supporting role, and I think just recently got himself a lead role in one of the the plays here. Does that mm-hmm. mean there's a big a chance to become a to have a career in doing uh, plays uh, in southwestern New Hampshire? I don't know. I've never looked into it. Uh, I don't imagine it competes with New York City. So I mean, if- I would assume it's still a, a, mainly a seasonal recreational economy. The ski season. I mean, it's a beautiful landscape. Don't get me wrong. I think New Hampshire and Vermont are two of the loveliest, most picturesque states. Well, uh, in the nation, that's but, um, that's I'm more just, true in in the 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 the, the vacation areas here down White in South, southwestern um, New Hampshire. It's just a little town. I mean, it's right. uh, you know, it's, it's twenty five thousand. It's college. I mean, I town. have friends that that have their studios uh, in Vermont that are New York artists or in New Hampshire, whereby they have a, a studio or an apartment in New York. Frank, what is it that you want? Year. I mean, you have to ask yourself what it is that you want and what you value. And if well, what you with want- this economy collapsing, a place where the cost of living is low, but at the same time, it offers the opportunity of real work or you know the possibility of uh- go make that opportunity for yourself by being by providing something of value, and people will offer you silver or gold. <laughs> Thanks, Frank, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. I think Mark's suggestion is very good. Come up to New Hampshire, visit, meet some of the activists. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features there, and we give them to you. So enjoy those on us, including our webcam. You can watch and listen and chat, because it's all built into the same page, chat room and webcam together. 
And it's all free at cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com, brought to you by Memory Dealers. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, ZenPaks, and X2s. They're 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers, so you don't have to worry about compatibility issues. But they're up to 99% off of list price. They also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. They've got stuff in stock, ready to ship via overnight deliveries. It's MemoryDealers.com. So we had Frank on uh, from New York, and he was expressing an interest in New Hampshire. And you had mentioned, Mark, it was the first time he's ever really expressed an interest in uh, in moving up here. Of course, we talk a lot about the Free State Project. Frank's been a longtime uh, caller to this program. And uh, we, we talk a lot about the Free State Project and the idea of moving liberty-minded people all together to the same place in order for them to get active for liberty. But nobody's going to want to move to the hinterlands if there's no eco- economic opportunity there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's cold in New Hampshire, so there's got to be some good reasons besides getting together with other people that love freedom. Right. If you, if, um, you, if you want to move someplace where there's not very many economic opportunities, we have that in for you in New Hampshire. You can go someplace and start, uh, you know, your little compound or whatever it is. Believe me, there's plenty of places. But, you mean out in the woods or something? Yeah, they've, they've got places like that. It comes to mind Grafton. It's chucked full of people that uh, love liberty. They're, they're winning elections up there, all kinds of things. But there's, you know, what, a thousand people in Grafton, maybe 1,500, something like that. There aren't a lot. Of, there isn't a lot of economic opportunity. I believe there's one store in town. People are making their own economic opportunities, but they're probably not incredibly po- profitable at this point. But there are also ta- uh, cities like Manchester. Nashua has uh, yeah, got uh, 70,000 people in it. Manchester yeah. with over 100,000. These are big places. Um, so, but I wanted to point Frank and everybody else listening that's maybe on the fence or a little uncertain, because the way Frank made it sound was that New Hampshire is the woods, and it's nothing. The woods and it's not you, New York City. When you're an artist in New York City, okay? Right. Yeah, it's going to be a culture shock if you're used to New York City and you've never been out in you know in an area where there's a total of a hundred thousand population in a county, which is where we're at right now. We're in uh, the southwestern county of New Hampshire, Cheshire County. It's about a hundred thousand people live here. In the county? I thought it was like 70. I think it's about 100,000. Right. I could be wrong on that, but uh, nonetheless, I believe it's about 70,000 outside of Keene, and in Keene there's about 20, 25,000. So I recommend you go to freestateproject.org and find the 101 reasons to move to New Hampshire. There happens to be an entire section about the economy. So I'll, I'll give you some selections here uh, just to give you some idea of what things are like. New Hampshire offers the second lowest tax burden as a percentage of gross income in the nation, according to CNNMoney.com. And if there's a low tax burden, that means there's good opportunity to create new businesses and, and put your product or service out there uh, in the marketplace. New Hampshire's friendly to small business and entrepreneurs, uh, frequently ranked in the top 10 nationwide listings for offering a business-friendly environment. New Hampshire's median household income, that's of course median means half is above and half is below this amount, is $63,942. That's the third highest in the country, according to the Kaiser Family Foundation. Uh, the Free State Project, uh, of course, as you may know from our discussions here, there's a lot of alternative currency friendliness. You mentioned this, uh, Michelle, gold yes, and silver. Yes, silver and gold. Uh, you've, you've done some cleaning for me, as a matter of fact, for some I sure silver, did. And it was a great deal. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm going to need to talk to you about that later. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, so New Hampshire is, has a diverse economy, making it hospitable to movers from many lines of work. The fact is hundreds of people have already made the move here as part of the Free State Project. And I was 832. 
a lot of those, I was 420. Uh, a lot of those people, or 421, depending, because it was myself and Julia that came up. So one of us was, uh, was 420. And uh, thank goodness I don't have to argue over this. So, yeah, so all those folks, most of those people I've seen, they're working, they're doing something. Um, is it exactly what they wanted to do when they uh, – is it the exact career they had before in the place where uh, – once they come? Probably not for, in mm. some of their cases because you're kind of starting from zero in, in, a, lot of, in a lot of ways. Some a lot people of people are, bring their jobs with them. Many people can re- work remotely uh, these days and Technical, uh, a lot of people pick up and do it. Yeah. Uh, so We're but, good examples. But the point is people are working here. And as they get more established in their communities, they'll be able to move up. A lot of uh, liberty activists I know that I know personally are managerial, uh, you know, managerial roles in different businesses around the area. And there are actually people. That point. There are actually people looking for employees up here where you just don't see that much uh, around. Well, I think it's exciting for Frank if he wants to consider coming up. Like, there's the new Shire School of you know the the activist children who are are. Um, part of a co-op or whatever that they're trying to formulate. I don't want to mm-hmm. define what they are. That's Robin's deal. But, um, you know, maybe he'd be interested in, in coming for a weekend and organizing in, in advance and he could provide art classes for, you know, different ages throughout the day and, and get paid and, and see what it's like to um, get paid in a, in a different currency than FRNs and, and what people are accustomed to and the idea of... It's neat to have those options. Yes, and exchanging what is what you're passionate about for something of value is, you know, According possible to here. the 101 Reasons, uh, New Hampshire is ranked second nationally in the Work Environment Index, ranked sixth in the nation for percentage of patents filed per 100,000 workers. New Hampshire was ranked third in economic competitiveness. There's citations for all of these things here on this uh, on this list. Uh, so you know it just goes on. So I recommend that you take a t- you know take a look at the the economic details of living in New Hampshire because the economy is pretty darn good here. The unemployment rate is also very low compared to the other states uh, in, yeah. in the country. So uh, yeah, there there's real benefits to the economy from having a, a small government, and New Hampshire's got that too. Uh, there are other sections in here where they talk about the government and how different it is here in New Hampshire, and it's different in a, in a number of of positive ways. There's a lot of change that still needs to happen. There's more a lot more freedom that can be uh, be created here in New Hampshire, and the more people we have the better. And of course, all 20,000 aren't going to move on the same weekend. So it's not like they're all going to be fighting it out over the same jobs that are available. They're going to be coming up whenever the time is right for them. Uh, and after the right now, people are already moving. We just had a new guy move in this weekend uh, here to Keene. So people are coming all the time and it's really it's an exciting place mm-hmm. to be in. And it's not just about the economy. For me, it's about the, the people. I mean, the people are an incredible group of some of the nicest yes. folks you'll ever come across. And now that now that we've been here for a little while, Mark, you and I have been here for four years, we're starting to see the folks that are moving in diversify a little bit because it used to be mostly single people coming in, mostly single males mm-hmm. moving up. Now we're seeing more families come up. Michelle, you brought your kids up here. Yes. The Mazingos, you mentioned them You're earlier. You're not a single male. Yes. They've got. I'm not a single not. male. No. no. Uh, they've got kids. And in fact, you have created a new group uh, that is... Uh, Bitches! <laughs> That's the name of it. I don't know if I feel too good it's about the, the name. Nickname. It's a nickname. What does it stand for? It, it it means something. It's an acronym, right? Beautiful, intelligent, thoughtful, charitable, hotties, eradicating statism. <laughs> Woo! 
All right, I want you to tell me more about bitches here in a moment. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Not the first ladies group, mind you. Liberty no, ladies group. no, no, no. Uh, another one. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. And we've been discussing some of the uh, aspects of the Free State Project, the liberty-minded folks that are making the move here to New Hampshire uh, in order to get active, to achieve liberty in our lifetimes. And there, of course, are, are people going about that in uh, differing ways. Some people uh, like doing the political things. Some like doing the outside the system uh, or outreach or, uh, or civil disobedience. Different uh, approaches are being used here in, in New Hampshire. And I think the more the merrier and the more people we can get here, the better. In fact, Jason uh, Osborne, who is the man behind SACL CAI, I believe, is planning to make the move here to New Hampshire tomorrow yeah I'm it's, it's, it's gonna be very soon he's uh, had a little trouble closing on the house <laughs> i'm excited that's yeah. great news yep and and uh his business sacral cai is has, uh, takes a full orbit approach to account recovery it's really three companies in one they do collections early out billing and they purchase charged off receivables you can see their banner at freetalklive.com it's top one on the right hand side of the page so we're talking about how the movement is diversifying now over time with uh more people coming here now than they were in the past and more people coming here means more different kinds of folks uh including more or ladies uh, making the move up here. In That's fact, right. there was something that I think might have been a first this weekend um, here in, in Keene. Frequently, we'll have people come up to visit and to see what things are like. And usually, it's a single guy that's coming up here to kind of take a look around. Sometimes it's a family. Sometimes it's a guy and, uh, and his uh, you know, husband and wife and their kids. But I don't think I've ever seen, yeah, maybe one exception. But within the last couple of years, this is the first time in a couple of years that I've actually seen a single female come up here to visit uh, the Keene, New Hampshire area. It was, uh, you know, it was a moment. Wow. <laughs> because we're starting to see more women show up here in New Hampshire. And uh, Michelle, you brought your kids up here and you just recently formed the new group Bitches, uh, which stands for <laughs> Beautiful, Intelligent, what's the rest? Thoughtful, Thoughtful charitable, charitable, hotties. <laughs> Eradicating statism. <laughs> Oh, and so you had your first meeting this weekend. We did. We had a dinner last night. And, um, you know, some people are a little hesitant about bitches. And I'm all for reclaiming that. And uh, <laughs> and I asked the group, I said, OK, just has anyone here not been called a bitch before? And Kelly raised her hand and she said, yeah, I don't think I have. And then she went, oh, <laughs> wait a minute. I certainly have. And um, and so it's not, you know, it's not bitch. It's bitches. So we are a group. And um, 
And the ladies. Well, you got some positive response from this. There's some like people you don't even know, right? Uh, that are outside the Free State Project yeah. and that are willing to come and they want to be part of this. Uh, this activism, absolutely. I think that's pretty exciting because the focus is on getting the state out of families. And mm. As you know, not that was really how it kind of came about. And we want to offer support to each other and also just focus on some women's um, needs. You know, activism, and not to not to mention, it was just really awesome to be in a group of women. And Ada made the comment. She said, "I've never been with fourteen a group of 14 people since I've moved here two years ago where there was even a majority that were women. And so it was fun. We got to talk about all y'all. <laughs> yeah, well, that happens. For about one minute out of five hours. Oh, sure. <laughs> sure. No, really. I think it's fantastic. It was fun. Uh, and it I agree, you know, you don't see the majority in any typical gathering of liberty activists being female mm-hmm. although you're starting what what i have seen is a shift toward that happening like i've seen times where it actually has been 50 50 mm-hmm. uh, or it's been 60 40 instead of 90 10 uh, mm-hmm. men to women so it has shifted in the right direction and i think having more uh, organizations or, or or get-togethers that are specifically geared towards uh, the female element of the liberty community is going to be very beneficial i think one of the things that we talked about after pork fest um there were like four or five of us that were talking uh, is that there's, there were some things that weren't, that were, that were bad that happened to a couple gals here. Um, And I I asked, you know, within a voluntary society, has anyone talked about how this gets dealt with? If you don't want to involve the state in it and, you know, so ostracism and Mm -hmm. shunning and restitution, you know, um, those all came up in discussion and, and um, the idea of having, Women supporting other women and providing, you know, a, a, a support system, sure. actually. And so then the idea, Ada, who is a young woman, you know, when she initially came here. Um, she, her, she's a fairly early mover. She's mm-hmm. been here for a while now. Right. Yeah. She's and not a member so, of the Free State Project. She's not? Not a signer of the Free State Project. Oh, okay. Well, in any case, she's... a. Uh, uh, I would say a voluntarist anarchist. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you she know? made the move. It's, it's drawing right. people. It doesn't. You know, I'm just. I'm right. just they don't say, always you know, sign up. I, yeah. Well, this right. this just simply backs up my statement that I say all the time that there are lots more people here than are counted. Right. You know, this one doesn't even didn't even sign up. I asked her specifically. I said, if you know, as a young woman, I think she moved from Washington, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, would you have preferred to have come to maybe a, a house where you could bunk, you know, until you found a place or whatever, and pay like nightly, you know, fees or that was all women. And um, she hmm. said, yeah, given the options, certainly. So I think that there's some things that so we're going to be able to... You're going to yeah, be building that. Absolutely. And, uh, over time, I think that's great because it'll bring more uh, ladies here and that's, uh, that's a great a thing. A good thing. So Another fun. thing that's uh, going on with the Free, Free State Project that I wanted to mention, just haven't been able to squeeze it in, and this, I think this is a great time, is uh, are you familiar with Kiva.org, Ian? Kiva.org. It's a, one of these loaning um, oh, yeah. websites. Microloans, right? Yeah, they do yeah. microloans for people in different countries and stuff yeah. like that. And there's a, uh, if you go to kiva.org slash team slash friends uh, underscore of the Free State Project, and there's just underscores That's in there. That's not going to work. Yeah, just, just check out Friends of the Free State Project if you go to kiva.org. I'm sure you can search for it. And they've done lots of loans to, to people all over the world. There's, there's I guess there's about 12 oh, cool. members, and you know they, they if you're interested in that kind of thing, I am. I'm going to be doing it. It's uh, kiva.org. Let's get back to the the critic Pam Martins she has uh, stumbled onto an evil right wing conspiracy 
and it is the Free State Project. Of course, uh, as I mentioned before, I'm insulted that uh, that I would be called right wing. <laughs> I think that liberty is neither left nor right wing. It is something completely different. But nonetheless, she believes what she believes. And uh, let's let's get back to the story from Counterpunch.org. She's talking about the Free State Project, and she says that uh, one hard learned lesson for the big money funders is that frequently when you get some real grass in your grassroots movement, the corporate script is not followed as neatly as in pure astroturfing. The first offshoot of the Free State Project effort was in Grafton, New Hampshire, and was as which is not accurate. I mean, you know, it's I I don't know what what does this mean? This first offshoot. I think she's talking about the Free uh, Free Town Project. Yeah, the Free Town Project had nothing whatsoever to do with the Free State Project. Some people that were you know moving. They they were members, but actually, the guy that created the Free Town Project was ejected. He's one of like two people that's ever been kicked out of the Free State Project because of. What he did, basically. And so the Free State Project clearly was not in favor of what the uh, the Freetown pro- Project did. But nonetheless, she says locals say about one million was spent buying up properties and recording the names in limited liability corporations. Really? So the- um, people spent a million? Some people spent a million dollars buying a property? Somewhere in the United States? I mean... <laughs> no, no. This Remember, she says, locals say. So that could mean but anything. absolutely, it's true. I know what happened in Grafton. Yes, some people have, uh, you know, some people that, that have a little more money than, than most have bought hundred uh, more than a hundred acres up there because they like having that kind of uh, you know acreage no big deal but the free staters living in the homes were quite visible and vocal one man set up a website <laughs> to harass local officials declaring this is a list of new hamsters who have oppressed libertarians don't vote for them don't hire them don't buy from them don't sell to them my god are you kidding the- somebody put a website saying that you shouldn't vote for some particular official the list, titled Bloodbath and Beyond, named a judge, the selectman, the selectman's clerk, an attorney, police chief, and various police officers. The website has not been taken down. The brazenness of the takeover talk rankled the local residents. A heated town meeting ensued with unfavorable national press for the Free State Project. The Boston Globe called it Grafton's messy liberation. Things have quieted down in Grafton while heating up in the tolerant They, they may town. have quieted down. However, the Free State Re, Freetown Project worked. There are several uh, you know, people who are Grafton's involved. Grafton's a destination. Yeah, now. absolutely. Several uh, Free Staters that are in elected positions there. They're, they're getting things done up there. Yeah, despite the Free, uh, Free State Project distancing themselves from the Freetown Project and its founder... Uh, they, the Freetown Project doesn't exist per se, but FreeGrafton.com does. The Freetown Project guy doesn't live in New Hampshire, but the folks at FreeGrafton.com absolutely do. More coming up here. 800-259-9231. She picks on Keen. Coming up next. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. The moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call. If you make it now, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various different features we have there. We give them to you for free. So head over there, enjoy those on us. And if you want to support the show, go to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll find a list of things you can do to help 
Get Free Talk Live on more radio stations and into more people's ears around the internet. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. As we continue, a uh, little focus, more focus here on the, the Free State Project. One of the critics has posted yet another hit piece against this movement in counterpunch.org. Pam Martin's uh, talking about the evil Free Staters coming in at the, the behest of the corporations. Uh, this guy, Charles Koch, who's this billionaire, he runs Georgia Pacific, which is one of his many companies that they make toilet paper and paper towels and things like that and i guess he's a a big contributor to some of the liberty oriented think tank groups in in dc and she believes that this man is actually the brains or the funding behind the free state project which is this idea of moving twenty thousand liberty-minded people to new hampshire in order to get active to achieve freedom which it's it's fun to uh it's it's easy easy to to hold somebody up then find the bad things about that person and uh you know you know vilify them in that way this guy's rich a lot of people will hate you simply because because mm-hmm. you're rich, and I agree that many rich people got that way by exploiting, uh, you know, people that are beneath them through the government sure. apparatus. However, many people got the got rich by providing people with paper to wipe their butt with, and they <laughs> wanted it, and they were willing to pay for it. So she's on the attack here uh, with her article, saying the things have quieted down in Grafton while heating up in the tolerant town of Keene, which is where we do this show, by the way. A handful of free staters, most of whom advocate a totally voluntary society, and no government regulation on any business have engaged in the following stunts which by the way uh just because we don't advocate government regulation doesn't mean that uh that we think that businesses should be able to just get away with anything they want uh, that i think that third party uh market-based protection is the way to go Arbit- yeah. yeah you've got arbitration for for people that create problems uh you've got third party certification to make sure that products are 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 good quality and safe so lack of regulation does not equal an unsafe uh, workplace chaos. Or, or chaos mm-hmm. or anything like that but that's what she wants you to believe anyway have engaged in the following stunts standing topless in the quaint town square holding a bag of marijuana wait, wait, wait. Uh, before you go on far more of the people that have stood topless in the town square are native keen keniacs they have nothing to do with the free state project that's true Holding a bag of marijuana in front of the police with the intent of getting arrested to challenge drug laws. Uh, well, it's true. It wasn't a bag of marijuana. It was a How piece of marijuana. How either of those two things right wing? <laughs> right? It's a great point. Uh, to challenge the drug laws, pretending to drink alcohol in city council meetings to press for drinking in public places. Holding, which is also inaccurate because it wasn't. We weren't pretending to drink alcohol. The bottle said not a beer on them. Eh, it's close enough to the truth, I think. Uh, holding school sucks signs at the public middle school to challenge taxation for government education. Chanting outside of the private homes of a police officer and sitting judge who there, are not popular. Was there popular. chanting going on? I wondered about that. Uh, was, was there no a lot chanting. of chanting? Not chanting, just, no. just candles. There was some singing at one of the, the homes. Okay. At least she spoke the truth when she called it government education. Yeah, she put quotes around government, though, in, mm. in front of that. Uh, public opinion in Keene has now turned decidedly against the free staters. Oh, really, Pam? Did you take an opinion poll? Was it scientific? How did you ascertain that public opinion has turned against the free staters? I know there are people that don't like the liberty activists in this area. I, I know that to be the case. Uh, but I also, I know also people wonder that do how like many of those comments uh, that are anonymous on the newspapers are, that Pam, are, Martins. The, are Pam Martins. I just wonder. <laughs> Another individual who spent time in Keene, New Hampshire and helped the free state project movement along is Peter Eyre. Eyre interned at the right-wing Cato Institute, which received funding from Koch, then became a fellow at the Charles G. Koch Charitable Foundation. Next, Eyre spent two and one-half years at the Institute for Humane Studies, 
also supported by Coke Money, and the same institute that supported the work of Dr. Sorens. In early 2009, Air moved on to Bureaucrash, a project affiliated with another right-wing think tank, the Competitive Enterprise Institute. CEI ran TV ads in a dozen cities on global warming alarmism one week before Al Gore's documentary, Inconvenient Truth, premiered. The Institute for Humane Studies links Bureaucrash as a previous internship partner with the Charles G. Koch Summer Fellow Program. Exxon and Koch Charitable Funds have supported the Competitive Enterprise Institute, and Air's most recent pursuit was to travel around the country promoting libertarian ideas in a motorhome named Marv with colleagues Jason Talley and Adam Miller. She misspells it. She, <laughs> she says the motorhome's named Marv, capital M A R V. It's the mobile uh, authority authoritarian resistance, resistance vehicle. vehicle. So it's a it's an acronym, just like the government loves to use. So she's uncovered Pete Air, who is a friend of the show, and right. he, he, Marv was actually camped out in the the studio's driveway here in keen for uh, for a couple of months uh you've you've spent time with these boys yes. um you know are they working secretly for the evil uh charles coke and his <laughs> corporate buddies i can just imagine how what this is going to turn into with those guys i'm sure pete air left bureaucrash i'd like to point yeah. out because they went away from being a principled organization <laughs> they weren't principled enough yeah, what could possibly explain, says Pam, all this right-wing and deregulatory attention on a state of 1.3 million people? For one, New Hampshire hosts the first presidential primary. For another, Coke uh, Industries Incorporated purchased, yeah, that's one of the reasons. purchased Georgia Pacific Corporation for $21 billion in 2005, paying a 39% premium over its share price on the New York Stock Exchange at the time. Okay. Georgia Pacific is the, one of the world's largest paper companies. Its household uh-huh. consumer brands include AngelSoft, oh, Brownie, Quilty There Northern, are trees in New Hampshire. Sparkle, Vanity Fair, and Dixie. Georgia Pacific owns no Timberland. Its wood and fiber supply division must seek out sources of wood from industrial, institutional, or individual landowners. Okay, how about this one, dum-dum? Most of the people in uh, the Free State Project would like to see hemp legalized, which would then yeah. undo this connection t- that you're talking industry. about. So your grassroots, your real grass and your grassroots is undoing what is... Is Charles Coke really this silly? The New Hampshire is 84% forest land, according to the New Hampshire Department of Resources and Economic Development. But there is a growing environmental and land conservation movement in New Hampshire that could pose a problem for lumber interests. Are the Koch brothers alone and outsized funding of right-wing groups? No, but they are among the most proactive and sophisticated in exerting rightward political pressure. Maybe they pressure. just believe in what they're doing, you know? It's um, always got to be some conspiracy for this lady. This is why I say, and I don't know, I'm, I'm not a psychiatrist. This is why I call her borderline paranoid. I mean, just some of the things she said. I, the, the, one of the, the, the posts that I had in response to her was um, she's called Free State Project members cannibals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, that's right. <laughs> can't. Um, and she's she's complained about one of in, in, in the town I live in. One of the, the farmers there has uh, genetically modified chickens in some way. And she's complained that a, they, uh, a mining operation, not a mining operation, but a just gravel pit there uh, is putting uh, silica in the air, which will give everybody lung cancer. Now, that's true. If you're on site, that might do something. But this lady lives almost a mile away. So I entitled one of my uh, thing, uh, one of my posts in rebut to what she has to say. Cannibals. Franken chickens and cancer causing rocks. Because this is how it is for her. Everything is hyperbolic. It's all a danger. I mean, she's, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to make any ad hominem attacks, but I'm sorry. She's just out of her head. I'm going to actually look her up and extend an invitation to have a 
maybe good luck. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, maybe she'd like to talk to a woman. Maybe, maybe so. <laughs> I just know? posted um, a, why I, think it's a fine I, idea. Why I think the Martins are right for having brought a lawsuit. Um, so you know, I I back her up when I think she's right, but it's not often. Yeah, it goes on. There's a little bit more to it, but she's just, you know, uh, talking about the evil corporations that are supporting right wing. I think it's sad that she made such a sweeping generalization. Talk about logical fallacies. Right. As though we're right wing. And I think you made the best point that toplessness, (laughs) smoking pot, uh, these aren't right wing issues that right wingers focus on. In fact, most right wingers would want to abolish toplessness, would want to abolish uh, pot smoking. They uh, fully support the war on drugs. And and uh, and changing, attempting to force people to believe a certain moral set, a certain value set. So, I think, and silly. I think I'm not 100 percent certain, but I'm pretty sure that New Hampshire it has more uh, the largest percentage. I'm not going to say this right. Has the hard, highest percentage of private conservation land of any state, hmm. not in terms of mass, but the percentage of the entire state. So how does it feel, Michelle, to be a pawn in Charles Koch's just devious plan to buy all of the forest land in New Hampshire and chop it all down? That's all we are, just pawns in his his devious plan. Make big open spaces. Sovereign Curtis will be really happy about that. He wants to see some big open spaces. I just can't see here. it happening. I think you're no, right. I, don't I mean, either. people here love the, the the woods. They love being out here. And people are not uh, just absolutely insane about how beautiful New Hampshire is, and they're right. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Mm-hmm. No matter which season you're in. So I don't know if there's any hope for Pam Martins, but maybe Michelle, you can be the person who uh, who opens her mind. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to get back to you on my... You will, because you'll be back on Monday night. Yes. Because Michelle's our new Monday night co-host. It was and fun, thanks. thanks. for coming in tonight. Appreciate thank you. It. And Mark, thank you, as always. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime. Your patronization. <laughs> at freetalklive.com. He didn't smile at you the way he smiled at me. <laughs> <laughs> The only thing that saves his little show, I tell you. More coming up here tomorrow night. See you then. freetalklive.com. Good night. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right, it's another edition of the Edgington Post. And I have with me, well, somebody who's getting to be a regular on the show, John Dennis. John, are you there? I am there. Excellent. Um, you, know, you are a uh, liberty-oriented candidate who's running for the San Francisco seat for the House of uh, Representatives against uh, Nancy, Nancy Pelosi, the uh, Wicked Witch of the West, as it were. Right. But I, I would assume that people have heard of her, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's got to be one of the most vilified and least liked politicians in the United States today. And, you know, that's it's one of the reasons that I've gotten uh, you know interested in your campaign. Nobody else in America can beat Nancy Pelosi except you. And, right. that, you know, if anybody wants to beat Nancy Pelosi, this is the way to do it. They, you know, they, they have to donate to your campaign, be involved in your campaign. I, I'm sure you need people to make telephone calls for your campaign, all kinds of things. You know, it's funny because I just take what, you know, you know pro-liberty, libertarian, um, common sense positions and, on, on a lot of things. And people are, seem to be, I don't know, mystified by it or interested in it. But that, that, what you just mentioned, that um, making phone calls and, and helping 
helping us reach out and touch people. That That's really critical because what we came into the campaign with was an enormous name recognition deficit, obviously. I mean, everybody can, can in San Francisco can tell you who Nancy Pelosi is. A lot smaller percentage of those people at the beginning could tell you who John Dennis was. And so the more we touch them, then we have to get over the, you know, we have to help, uh, help folks get over the barrier about being a Republican and then get them uh, aware of my positions, which they tend to agree with. Right. So Because um, even the Democrats run. don't like Nancy Pelosi right now. <laughs> oh, they're all running, they're all heading for the hills away from her. Yeah. And, and, and they should. I mean, would you, you know, would you want to be associated with her record? No, <laughs> you know, I, even if I was a tried and true, true Republican and uh, or you know Democrat, I, I I think in the terms of Republican because that's generally what I'm, uh, you know, I would vote or would have voted in the past. Even if I was, I wouldn't vote for the Nancy Pelosi of the Republican Party. I'd vote for you know whatever Democrat was on the other side. Yeah, sure. I mean, as long, especially if they if their positions or his or her positions were a better fit for me and for the people around me. So that's what we are. Um, that's what we're trying to do right now is just get out there and make people or help people to, 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 to learn about me. And, uh, and, I, and what's happening, which is interesting, is that uh, we win big chunks of votes. When people, when people learn about the campaign, what I stand for, and then when we point out um, some, of the, um, some of the things that people think about Nancy Pelosi that just ain't true, um, they, tend to, they tend to want to support my campaign. You know, um, now you're getting out. We're obviously getting very close to, to D-Day here. Um, how, how are things going? Um, you know, I, I imagine you're out. I know you're out talking to, to different uh, civic groups and trying to drum up support. Have you uh, had any kind of polls, anything like that? I mean, it, this has to be an uphill slog. Isn't it 13 percent of registered voters in San Francisco are Republicans? Yeah, I wish we were that lucky. Nine and a half percent. But I will say this: I mean, since this campaign started, and I think it's we certainly have played a significant role in this. And there there are other people who are helping uh, the Republican Party as well. But the Republican Party registration has, for the first time since 1994, actually gone up in San Francisco. Hmm. And I would say that you know that our campaign has had has played, like I said, a significant role in that because we're putting a new face on the Republican Party, the Republican Party that isn't uh, you know fighting. Uh, for to continue marijuana prohibition, for example. I mean, they, I'm on um, uh, in an article, a, a big article in Newsweek this week. It's up on their website now. And more significant than my my single mention in the article is they put up about a three minute video of me talking about the uh, about the pros uh, of legalizing marijuana. And it's been a very popular video on that website. And positions like that. I mean, I, I don't think of myself as like a pot guy on the one hand. On the other hand, it just seems common sense why you know why it should be it should be legal, and people have sort of grabbed onto that because they they're not accustomed to seeing a Republican you know fight for that kind of a position. So we're putting a new face on the Republican Party in San Francisco, and I think it's you know paying dividends in voter registration. Yeah, I would think that I mean your positions would would endear you to certain communities there that Nancy Pelosi doesn't give a fly and flip at a rolling donut at. Um, I mean, you know, San Francisco is certainly known for gay people. There's also a great deal of uh, Latin people in that in that particular area, and I would think that uh, your positions would be helpful in those areas. Yeah, and Chinese too. I mean, we we've spent a little a uh, little bit of extra time reaching out to the um, to the Chinese American community. And there's an article in their largest newspaper, the World Journal, uh, today, and it's very favorable. And what's interesting about it is that, that even though a third of the city is, um, is Asian-American and a lot of those are Chinese-American, um, Nancy Pelosi doesn't spend any time 
addressing uh, the needs of the folks there mm. or just listening. So, um, so we decided to make an effort at uh, doing that, and I think that's also going to pay dividends. There are, no, there are no polls out there. I mean, the only thing that I've seen, and it was done a while ago, is the New York Times has a blog, 538 blog. And um, considering that Republicans are only 9.5%, by their measure, we're doing very well. They've got us at 28% as of about six weeks ago. But that was before we dropped a piece of mail in the district or sent folks out. Um, and, you know, we've, in just in the last um, uh, three weeks, our folks have put out 50,000 door hangers, have made you know, tens of thousands of phone calls. We've had mail go out uh, three times to all Democrats and independents. We've run radio. We've done online work. We've had uh, spe- uh, specific uh, uh, targeted mailers to different groups. Um, so, you know, and we've, we've had, you know, like we've pretty much dominated online. Our so- online videos have been viewed over a million times. Yeah, yeah, your videos have been very, very, uh, you know, well accepted. They're, you know, good stuff. And I imagine they did a great uh, job for fundraising. And it's all the people that have uh, sent funds in that have allowed you to do these door hangers and um, knocking on doors and all of this stuff. Because you, obviously, you couldn't do that. You need to have a staff of people to do it um, in, you know, such a large district. I'd and have get, now uh, this, I'd have to get superhero powers to, right. to do it all myself. <laughs> this twenty-eight percent is just the people that would have voted Republican anyway, and the people that are going to vote against Nancy Pelosi no matter what. So you, you know, that's where you started from was twenty-eight percent, and then whatever you're able to do with your door hangers, and then uh, getting in with the the Asian uh, population. I imagine that's huge. I, I bet they're entirely unrep- underrepresented in the uh, in in the polls because it seems to me that they've got this kind of paternalistic society to some extent where uh you know this uh, the, the elders uh, you know would w- the elders would tell the younger people how to vote and things like that is that what your experience is yeah yeah i mean i, I have to say it's it's almost shocking how little attention uh, is paid to the to chinese americans politically and um and i think i i mean i'm thinking that you know we you know we could become one of their own you know my daughter uh, goes to a Mandarin, a Mandarin immersion pre-K. She's in her second year of that. Hmm. Um, you know, we have all sorts of connections into the, uh, you know, to the Chinese community. And, and that's uh, a third of the population. So if you can add up that 28% and that 30, 30%, uh, then, you know, you win. Yeah, and, we, and I mean, we have, there are all these other hot-button issues, like I mentioned marijuana, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. the, you know, the gay community. I mean, you know, where has Nancy Pelosi been on DOMA? I don't think that the federal government should be involved in the marriage business in the first place. And I'm not so sure it would have expended a lot of political capital to just simply and quietly repeal DOMA. Yeah. Um, but, you know, why? I mean, that could have been a straight up and down vote. It would have probably failed through um, the repeal of it. And uh, I'm happy to, uh, to support it. And those are the kinds of things that are giving me recognition. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but I don't think there are very many congressional candidates in America that have had as much national coverage as I have. Everybody right. hates Nancy Pelosi. You know, <laughs> they, just, they want to give you a little coverage, John. <laughs> it seems like the phone lines have been burning up between San Francisco and Washington because I seem to get calls from reporters, you know, pretty much every day, you know, from, you know, from the Washington Post and the Examiner and Newsweek and, um, you know, the New York Times, even the, the uh, local, the uh, Washington correspondents. The now, San Francisco Chronicle. I mean, it just goes on and on. Now, why is it that uh, the the reporters are calling you, but they're treating uh, Rand Paul like he's a uh, like like he's a pariah? Now, 
admittedly, there's differences between the two candidates. But why do you think it is? Uh, well, I mean, they're probably, um, you know, when the, when, the, when the polls come to town, the Rons and the Rands, and then you can throw John Dennison in that mix as well. When, when we come to town, Washington is a lot less fun place mm-hmm. uh, because, the, you know, the, the party, the party you know, starts slowing down. And um, so I'm afraid that, you know, that both sides of the political spectrum that want, um, that want to see a, a healthy, robust, uh, well-funded Washington, D.C., don't want to see Rand join his father over there. So uh, that's probably the reason why. And I, I, think, I think they can't stop that, though, no matter what. He's going he's to pull it out. And in your case, they just you know they just dislike Pelosi and uh, you know want to see somebody else get in there. Or you're an interesting uh, you're an interesting little underdog to take a look at. One of the two. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, look, is there one concession speech that that is any any concession speech that anyone wants to see more than Nancy Pelosi's on the night of November second? Yeah, I can't mem- imagine too many. <laughs> I wish Barack Obama would leave office, but uh, you know, I, I still Nancy's higher on that list. <laughs> Because the House is more important than the presidency, um, you know. Sure, sure, absolutely, and I, um, yeah, I just think that uh, that you know that Nancy Pelosi is in a is in a. There's, there are all kinds of different, um, uh, you know, uh, different ways that this could go. I mean, let, let's assume for a moment that what everyone thinks is going to happen does happen, and that is the Republicans take control of the House, uh, just at the same time that Pelosi's, uh, uh, you know, own Democratic. Um, congressmen are running away from her. Well, what, well, she's no longer going to be the speaker. She's no longer going to be the minority leader. She's 70 years old. Her, she's in the history books, and she's pretty well off, and she has other choices and things to do in life. Is she going to be comfortable being a backbencher? So maybe that sets up her, you know, her retiring and the special election in San Francisco. Hmm. So how do we play into that scenario? Um, not even something I'm, I'm thinking about doing. I'm kind of, you know, worn from 14 months of doing this. Oh, I'm sure. On the one hand, but it, but it's an interesting storyline nonetheless. Yeah, it is interesting. So, um, uh, you know, it, it it seems to me that there's there's a, you know, a good chance of this happening. I've been following it all along, and I am not uh, dejected. <laughs> so, what can uh, people do? How do they get involved? Um, you know, what can they do for you? Well, there's always, basically there are two uh, two things that people can always do. They can, of course, donate money. Um, that's always grateful. We're we're buying up media uh, around uh, around uh, you know town uh, with the money that comes in now. Yep, people anyway, have to hear your name. Finishing touches. That's the only thing. I mean, if, when people learn about me, we tend to win their votes. So that's that's what we. It's all a function of, of money. I'm afraid to say. Um, that's John Dennis twenty ten dot com. JohnDennis2010.com, you can tell, you know, send out an email to 10 friends and urge them to send it out to 10 friends and just pass it along um, and, and get, you know, get folks to, um, to join in. Another thing they can do is volunteer, and we make it very, very easy on the website. You can make phone calls. There's all sorts of other little things you can do, and you can go to JohnDennis2010.com and click on volunteer and then follow the links that make sense for you. Cool. Well, John, I appreciate you uh, coming on, uh, you know, before the election here, telling us uh, how things are going for you. And I, I look forward to really good news <laughs> come uh, that first uh, first Wednesday in November. Great stuff. Hey, thanks, Mark, for having me. Thank you, John. Bye. All the best. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Tollhouse Morsels, helping you create special moments and memories your family will cherish forever. Visit us at tollhouse.com.
You may bake for birthdays and holidays, but why stop there? Sweeten up the rest of the year by designating monthly dessert days. Treat your family to one of their favorites or surprise them with something new. Either way, you'll create a tradition everyone will love. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday.